never laugh as a hearse goes by For you may be the next to die They wrap you up in bloody sheets To drop you six feet on Tonight, we're headed to haunted rock venues and theaters from across the world. The cool thing is, Moody and I have actually been to quite a few of these, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train Podcast. The worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes. They eat your nose. As you begin to decompose, a slimy beetle with demon's eyes chews through your stomach and out your sides. Your stomach turns rancid grease and pus pours out like melted cheese. Hello, passengers. And welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. <laughs> oh, I'm too tired to even do that laugh. <laughs> I'm just, ugh. there you go. That's better. What's that mean? Well, you guys know what it means. We make fun of a joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me are my co-hosts today. It's Logan and Riley. My two sons are here with me today. <laughs> And uh, we just had brunch. Yes. And uh, we're all like lazy, tired, like in like comatose food comas now. Oh, it was so good. It was good. It was super good. Booty is not here today because, well, life happens. So if you guys are wondering where the bearded one is, he's uh, probably off trying to find Bigfoot again. Yep. I think so. Or that wonderful Asquatch. And the (laughs) Asquatch. West Virginia Bark and Spiders. Yes. Oh, those are great. <laughs> uh, so you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just a bunch of musicians and assholes. Well, most of us who, well, okay, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. And we want you all to know how much it means that you're listening to us at this very moment. Your reviews and support really do make all the, uh, you know, everything that we do worthwhile. So thank you guys for doing that. Uh, we are currently live streaming on YouTube. So if you're out there watching us right now, hello. And if you're not, make sure you're doing it. We drop them very sporadically and we try to give a heads up like, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. So yeah, we're, we're still working out the bugs. We probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> we should maybe have a set that, but it's more fun that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's cool. What were those things called? The, 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 the flash mobs? Yes. Right? Isn't that what they call when you go into a mall and everyone just starts dancing? Yes. We're like the flash mob of video podcasting. podcasting. I like it. I think everyone hates flash mobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, it's not a good idea is no, what you're saying. No, probably uh, not. Okay. Your well, analogy just answered your question. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Anyway, do us a favor. Stop on over to Apple Podcasts, please, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you can give a review, please give us a review. And hey, how about five stars over there? That'd be awesome. I like five stars. We appreciate that. Five star, five star general. And uh, yeah, it just helps for some reason. So thank you guys for doing that. And uh, you can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and clicking the follow button. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? Yes. Like, subscribe, follow, hit the bell, whatever. I don't know. There's like 15 freaking things. Isn't there? A, the, the bell's in there, right? Isn't yes. there a bell? Yeah, there's yeah. a bell somewhere around See? I'm, I, I got, I'm hip. Him with it. I'm hip. I'm cool. <laughs> Both of my sons are like, no, you're not. Okay. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Anyway, so you'll get all those, you know, whenever we do anything, you, you'll get notified for us doing that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure you're signing up over at patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train podcast and become a pooper. Join the pooper. Join the pooper. 
because it's awesome. It's fun. Tons of bonus episodes over there. Uh, like we just did the uh, the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Yes. Very informative. Changed the way I, I thought about a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. It's very cool. So if you want to get in there, let's do it. Speaking of Patreon, we have decided that once we've hit at least 100 producers, we're going to start giving 10% of a, uh, to a specific charity that we'll announce every month. And our poopers get to decide what charity it is every month. So, you know, Yippers. help out with a good cause, support the show. It kind of all makes sense, right? I like it. So sign up over there. You can also do that over at TheMidnightTrainPodcast.com. Go up to the very top. It'll say Patreon. Click on that thing. All right, I'm done talking about that stuff. Find, find us on Facebook. Find us all over the place, right? Anywhere that you can do anything. We're everywhere. We're there. We are all, we're all over the... F- we're in your bedrooms. Holy... We, I, have we sworn it all yet? I said Asquatch. You did say Asquatch, but yeah. other than that, we haven't said a single swear See how word. long we can go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, well, you want to really? Yeah, let's do it. You want to try doing that? Let's wow. see how long we We're going to lose every listener don't make that it, we have. No, don't make it unnatural. Let's just see. It's already unnatural because I yeah. actually stopped myself. You, I was you, like, wait a minute, because I almost said fuck and <laughs> I didn't. And I was like, have I said fuck yet? Yeah. As and long it, as we went past the 30 second mark, we're good. So, oh, so that's what it is. Maybe yeah. I'm like, I'm training now. You're training yourself. I'm training myself. Make sure you yeah. go past 30 seconds. So. Well, guess what? Fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's not working, is it, Riley? Ding, ding, ding. So anyway, let's turn down the lights. I'm excited about this one, folks. It's going to be a good time. Adjust our seats. Grab a drink. And let's get spooky. But first, here's a saucy toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. <laughs> so hard yeah it does it might be a little bit loud too so everyone's speakers probably just went like so listen if anything messed up in your uh, headphones or in your car or whatever or your eardrums yeah you can send all hate mail to moody at the midnight dream podcast dot com dot org dot gov dot biz dot uk dot edu so on today's episode we are going on tour that's right moody and myself well we're heading back well and the boys obviously you're going with us on this tour fellas the boys we're heading back out on the road, and this time we're bringing Logan and Riley to carry our shit instead of us having to do it ourselves. Anyway, why are we heading out on tour, you ask? Well, it's because we are doing a tour of haunted music and th- uh, theater venues throughout the world. This is an episode we've been wanting to do for a while, especially because we've been to quite a few of these places. There's even one right here in our hometown. Like we have at the, uh, you know, you know, certain Cleveland venue that we'll talk about later. We're sure some of our listeners has spent, a t- you know, some time at some of these places. So if you have, let us know. Love to hear if you guys have any stories and if you've been to the, like certain spots or whatever, you know, because these places are super cool. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be fun for you guys, too. You guys will learn some stuff. Always that to learn. Yeah. So first up, we've got a big one that will be on every list of haunted venues. The House of Blues in Chicago. I can say that I've played there not once, but two nights in a row oh, all right yeah out there with uh anthrax and motorhead dude we did uh double uh, two nights in a row at uh the house of blues what in chicago. band were you playing with uh erase the gray 
Embrace the gay? <laughs> well, yes, you should embrace the gay. <laughs> but no, it was erased. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, so the history of the building took a bit to find because every search for the House of Blues in any city comes up with the main House of Blues page. But with a little digging, we found some info into the building's history. Okay, so yeah, if you go on to it, it's like House of Blues, it's like their corporate one. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Chicago, and you click on it, and it just basically shows you their calendar. Oh, so they don't have like a hauntings tab? Not yet. Not okay. yet. Maybe after this episode, they, they might. throw some ideas yeah. out there. Maybe yeah. they'd be like, like wow. Because you know, House of Blues is listening right now, right? Yes. Dan Aykroyd? Yep. Yeah, because wasn't he one of the founding members of House of Blues? I know he made Crystal Vodka, or Crystal Skull Vodka. You hear about Dan that? Aykroyd did? Yeah. Crystal, the vodka that comes in the Crystal Skulls? I didn't know that. It's his. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be infused with, like... Magic and shit. He's kind of he's kind of insane. <laughs> he is insane. He's weird, but in like the greatest way. Didn't he make a movie too? Uh, was it uh, Indiana Jones in the Search of the Crystal Skull? No. Where's the book? Oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that wasn't it. Oh, there it is. 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 Man, so the, there's so much power with these buttons. <laughs> yeah. The House of Blues is uh, part of a complex called the Marina City Complex. The Marina Complex is also known as the Corn Cob, apparently, and looking at it, you can see why. If you're listening in Chicago and are like, yo, what the fuck, nobody calls it that, well, remember our mantra. Don't play Muss, blame the internet. Yes. Although we did find that reference in a couple of spots. So the Marina is a mix of residential condos and commercial buildings built between 1961 and 1968. The complex consists of two 587-foot, 65-story apartment towers, a 10-story office building, which is now a hotel, and a saddle-shaped auditorium building originally used as a cinema. Hmm. Cinema. Cinema? Cinema. You have to over-enunciate. Cinema. Cinema. Amemony. Cinemony. When finished, the two towers were both the tallest residential buildings and the tallest reinforced concrete structures in the world. It's pretty crazy. What were they built? Uh, 1961 to 1968. Really? The tallest yeah. in the world at that time? It says uh, the two towers were both the, the tallest residential buildings mm. and the tallest reinforced concrete structures in the world. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Wild and can't be stopped. More you know. Yeah. <laughs> the complex was built as a city within a city featuring numerous on-site facilities, including a theater, gym, swimming pool, ice rink, bowling alley, stores, restaurants, and, of course, a marina. WLS-TV, ABC Channel 7, transmitted from an uh, antenna atop Marina City until the Willis Tower, formerly known as Sears Tower, was completed. Marina City was the first post-war urban high-rise residential complex in the United States and is widely credited with beginning the residential renaissance of American inner cities. It's kind of freaking cool. That is pretty dope. I didn't know that. Yeah. Way to go, Chicago. Kind of funny. We're first thing we're talking about now is Chicago. And we already talked about it burning down. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of fucked up. It's good that they rebuilt it. It's a comeback story. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. It's Chicago. like Rocky. <laughs> Sorry. Love. I love the Rocky movies. I don't care. Go you talk like this the entire time. You know what you doing? I don't know what you're drinking. You party. I try. You know, punch in face. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Short-lived yeah, applause on that one. Yeah, what bit. are you fucking moody over here? Yeah. Jesus! All right, <laughs> so trying to live up to the name. <laughs> these days, the complex is home to the Hotel Chicago, the Ten Pen Bowling Lounge, and several restaurants, including you fucking guessed it, Dick's Last Resort. Nice. Why <laughs> Dick's Last Resort? Uh, oh, also in the complex is home to the House of Blues. Of course, the House of Blues was built in the shell of the cinema which uh, was out of use for quite some time. The story is that the um, the House of Blues is haunted by the spirit 
of a little girl that died due to an illness. I actually heard about this while we were there, though. I never saw anything or felt anything. Really? But I definitely, I heard about this. That is so vague. A little girl that died of an illness. In the place. Is there more detail? Like the name of the girl, the illness she died of? Well, let's find out. Yeah. I'm just setting you up, man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is, right? There are many reports of weird things happening. The most circulated story seems to be that of a little boy who was playing with some of his toys. As he was playing, he stepped away for a moment, and when he came back, he saw a little girl playing with his toys. She asked him if he'd like to play with her. Huh. Ah. <laughs> huh. All I think of is that little kid, Gage, from Pet Cemetery. I want to play with you. <laughs> ah. Don't like it. Don't like it. The little boy screamed, obviously, yep. and the girl vanished. Oddly enough, I did, uh, we did find a uh, comment on the, web, the website for uh, a man named Skyler seeming to actually corroborate this story. And his comment reads as follows, quote, This cannot be no way. I have performed there two times. Once was in 2013, and there was a boy in the back playing with his cars. A few minutes after he screamed and started to cry, I was feeling bad, but this can't be him. Also know that in 2015 in March, I had another performance and that all the lights turned off. This is too creepy. That doesn't seem like a real ghost story. It doesn't. Like, so what, someone had a fucking kid there and he was playing with a toy and he screamed? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, oh, the lights turned off. This shit happens, dude. Yep. There's a thing called light switches? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what, what's that thing on the wall? Ah. He turns it up. Oh! <laughs> There's a fucking light switch. Calm it's, down. It's a ghost. So was this the same boy that the story is referring to? Hmm. Who knows? We also found several comments from people staying in what we assume is the Hotel Hotel Chicago as it's in the complex and pretty much right next to the House of Blues. Is it like the the sequel to Hotel California? Hotel Hotel. Chicago. (laughs) Welcome to the Hotel Chicago. (laughs) We're all going to die here. Because someone turned off probably get shot here. (laughs) (laughs) They keep turning off the lights. (laughs) So this one says here a comment that says, quote, it's haunted. I saw a middle-aged older woman dressed in clothing from a period long ago. Love how that was phrased. Talking about the 50s. (laughs) Yeah. From a period long ago. In my room when I stayed there in 1999-2000. I woke in the early morning to see... That is a period long ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Not really. (laughs) 22 years ago. Oh, it's not that long. So that's how long I've been alive. Shut up, I'm old. Anyway, <laughs> I woke up early in the morning to see a woman staring at me. I went through a rational thought process of it being my female business colleague who stayed in a separate room, and I thought, oh, well, she can sleep in the other bed. It was a double bed, and I was in the bed furthest away from the front door, and then quickly snapped out of it and said to myself, she has her own room. Why would she be in my room? I opened my eyes again, and that's when I could see it. it well, see, it was a woman. Right with an angry face, staring at me. Okay, don't like that at all. I then thought, this is a stranger intruder in my room. I lay there with my eyes just open enough to see. She was there staring at me, and she still didn't look happy. I lay there thinking of what to do. I decided I was going to reach and turn the light on, and then charge her <laughs> and run after her when she ran for the door. Fortunately, there was a switch right next to the bed. This is the same guy who's afraid of the light switches? Is that what this is? Uh, it oh. Sounds like it. Yeah. However, when I reached for the light and turned it on, she was gone. This is what makes this story interesting. I called the front desk and simply asked, had anything significant ever happened at the at the site of the hotel? Because as the person above points out, it's not an old or historic looking building. Okay. So it's not like pre-war or anything like that. So gotcha. I asked another question that any tourist could have just asked. I don't recall what it was right now. And this is all coming from this guy. She said immediately, no. Why? Did you see a ghost? Hey, that's... 
bullshit. But, but I mean, is that a logical response from someone who's just kind of like, why, did you see a ghost? No, that's bullshit. You don't think so? No. And I think that this dude was half asleep, and he well, was seeing shit, and then he woke up, and then he wasn't there because he wasn't there. Because it was a ghost, right? No, it's because this dude was half asleep. He was probably dreaming or, you know, seeing shit. I forgot about the Debbie Downer Riley, Riley over here. I don't Riley. believe none of that <laughs> Uncle shit. Riley. Uncle Riley over here don't believe none of that Uncle shit. Uncle Riley. So uh, <laughs> anyway, my response was, yeah, I saw a ghost. I'm in my 20s and not some nut job. I asked if anyone else had ever reported seeing a ghost, and she said no. Anyway, when I met up with my colleagues, she could tell I was shaken, and I was uh, uh, I was pretty pale, like I had you know, seen a ghost. My story has never changed in all this time. I did stay at the hotel one other time after, not in the same room, and didn't see anything. But I slept with the bathroom light on. Scary and cool experience for sure. Well, wow. so you you say bullshit? Of course. Okay, obviously. Okay, I say bullshit about the the little the little kids seeing a little girl too. Little kids have active active imaginations. Okay, you know what I mean. And imaginary friends are a thing that is common in children. Yeah. Oh. Or maybe they just have the insight to see things that we can't. True. You know. Some kids can't even fucking spell you. You're going to tell me they can see ghosts? I mean, maybe. Who knows? There is a, a, a whole thought process about that, that they, you know, their innocence and yeah. their innocence can actually, like, you know, feel things or see things. I know some like that. little kids that are bastards, or I don't think they're all innocent. No, I'm not saying that. I know a lot of little dicks. I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> some little shits running around. Little fuckers, you just want to trip. Yeah. You fucking. So next on our list of haunted venues, we are heading to Miliwake, which is Alagonquin for the good land. By the way, drink up. That was a movie quote. You have to drink up now. Yeah, Riley. I don't Didn't know. you spend like three whole minutes doing a Rocky impression and none of us drank? Well, you're supposed to. You gotta remind me. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. So this is in Milwaukee, which is actually pronounced, like I said, Milwaukee, and it is Algonquin for the good land. And of course, we got that from uh, um, Wayne's World, right? Yeah, Wayne's World. And uh, who was the uh, the guy who said that, Logan? I have no idea. Yeah, didn't think so. It. Yeah. It's Alice fucking Cooper. Wait, man. you've never seen Wayne's World? No. What? Yeah, no. Mm. What is wrong with you? I have a life. No, <laughs> you don't. I don't have time to watch you know, all the good movies. So have anyway. the new one? The which one? The, the newest Wayne's World? It's not out yet. I you don't mean think. Bill and Ted? No, no, no. You're thinking was... of Bill and Ted. No, then they come out with a new one like No, that was a commercial. What, what the hell are you talking about? No, no whatever. they did not come up with a new yeah. Wayne's World. Well, they came out with another Wayne's World like four no, or five years ago. They did not. They, Dude, he looked fucking old as shit. Uh, uh, I think it was just like a commercial for something. It was a commercial like yeah. three weeks ago. Oh, <laughs> it was not five yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. And they are old as shit, by the yeah. way. Yeah, they're Dude, super Mike old. Myers is in his like 60s. Yeah. yeah, it was Mike Myers and who else? Uh, uh, Dana, Dana, Carvey. Uh, Dana Carvey. Yeah. Dana Carvey. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah. That's who the other guy is. The guy who's master of disguise. Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? <laughs> so now the rave in Milwaukee is amazing for several reasons. First, it's location. It's the location of one of Moody's favorite tour stories, which also involves myself and our good friend Brad from Voodoo. Two, it's huge and creepy as shit, and it is because, again, we've both been there, and the place is fucking wild. And uh, three, the pool. The Rave Eagles Club is about, uh, and that's what they call it. It's the Rave slash Eagles Club. It's uh, 180,000 square foot, wow. seven-level live entertainment complex in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'm not even joking. It's huge. Sounds big. There's like underground levels and shit. I mean, it's just, it's fucking wild. So the building contains eight independent clubs with capacities ranging from 400 to 3,500. The Eagles Ballroom is the building's showpiece featuring a 25,000 square foot oval wooden dance floor originally installed when the building was constructed, in addition to a large old-fashioned dome ceiling and a stage on one side. 
Originally a ballroom, it has hosted everything from boxing matches to concerts to ethnic dances. Huh. The ballroom had um, uh, what? The ball, ballroom had hosted huge <laughs> acts, ranging from Bob Dylan to Green Day, from the Grateful Dead to Slayer, and of course none other than Lil Pump. Who the hell is Lil Pump? He, yeah, no, nah. we don't talk about him. It was is that a, is that a rapper? Yeah, Lil, Lil Pump. Yeah, Lil Pump. That's a horrible name. Yeah, he's like <laughs> what, like what is it? Two Pump Chump. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of my other bands actually played here. Um, Blackout Superstar played there. And it was so hot because they didn't have air conditioning. Oh, shit. It was so hot that uh, my guitarist, Ken, who is one of the owners of Voodoo, yeah. actually passed out while playing guitar on stage and like fell back on me. But then I pushed him and he kept going. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was seriously probably about 120, 130 degrees in there on that stage. Oh, it was God. insanely hot. That's rough. Along with the Eagles Ballroom, the building houses the Rave Hall, the Eagles Hall, the Rave Bar, the Rave Craft Beer Lounge, the Penthouse Lounge, and the Eagles Club. Hmm. Since its construction in 18, or excuse me, 1926, the Eagles Club has known several incarnations. Prominently among them, it housed the Fraternal Order, 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 (laughs) the Fraternal Order of the Eagles, a notable organization whose considerable impacts on America's cultural landscape remain in effect today. So what's funny to me is when we went out there, Mm -hmm. and it does, it's got this huge eagle running the floor when you first walk in. That's cool. Everyone was saying it was part of the SS. Oh, that's not cool. And that the Nazis used to, like, meet there and stuff like that. And, and like, when they were around? like we Well, had, it was we built Nazis in 1926. Uh, okay. So, I, what, were there, like, Milwaukee factions of the Nazi regime? There were Nazis in the United States. There were people who supported the Nazis in the U.S. and, like, wanted, like, didn't think the U.S. was on the right side during the war. Wasn't that, like, their, their symbol was, like, like, the Iron Eagle? Was that what it was? That, was that, that's the Iron Cross. The Iron I think, Cross. Oh, okay. And that was the, that was the German Air Force. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, that's just what I was told when I was there. And it, it's, I was like, eh, that's bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> Milwaukee is the city where all the Nazis meet. They're like, hmm. This is a good place. Let's go to Wisconsin. I tell you what, though, it is where Laverne and Shirley was, was filmed. So, mm. I mean, you, you guys, why do I even talk to either one of you? You've probably never fucking seen a Laverne and Shirley. I've you? seen parts of a trailer. Don't they die at the end? I fucking hate you. <laughs> No, this <laughs> it's Thelma and Louise. Ah, shit. Well, yeah, close enough. Jesus. I mean, they're both names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they are. So in 1939, the idea of using the building for, mu- uh, for music presentations took hold, reinventing its purpose. The Grand Ballroom became a popular venue for big band music, such as band leaders Guy Lombardo and Glenn Miller and their orchestras. Soon, other types of music, theater, and performing arts also offered shows and concerts in the large, elegant ballroom. From 1939 through the mid-60s, comedians like Bob Hope. You guys familiar with Bob Hope? Bob Hope? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, Bob Hope. Red Skelton? You guys know Red Skelton? No. Uh, isn't he? Uh, no, not anymore. He's, he's another comedian, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So they did stand-up comedy in there in 1959. People who bought a, a ticket for a well, a dollar fifty ticket to the winter dance party were treated to the music of the one and only Buddy Holly and the Crickets, Big Bopper, Dion, and the Belmonts, and Richie Valens for a buck fifty. Damn. But back then, a buck fifty was like three weeks' salary. Yeah, but I'd pay that to go see that, dude. Yeah. If I could go back in time, that's huge. That's like those are the legends that all died in the plane crash. Can we can we can we back up for like two seconds? Yeah. So, uh, what's Chainsaw's son's name? Ollie. Jigsaw. Jigsaw. So Jigsaw just made a comment. Uh-huh. Um, he said that uh, you jumped off the stage at the rave, and you had to use him as a uh, chair to get back up. Want to talk about that? 
I'm super old. No, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I, I think I do remember that, though. I think I, yeah, I think I jumped off the, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's super funny. <laughs> Hi, dude. <laughs> so the Eagle, uh, hold on. Uh, this would be the last show for Buddy Holly before he actually died. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's really crazy. So that means that it'd be the last show for Buddy Holly, Big Bopper. And Richie Valens, because they all died on the same flight. Wow, that's kind of crazy. So it was in 1959, right? Yeah. Well, when that when that winter bald thing happened. Yeah. The winter so dance party. That yeah. For a buck fifty, that's only fourteen dollars today. Yeah, I mean, you go to a freaking show now. How much? You're not going for 30, fourteen bucks. You're going for thirty bucks for a, like a little band. Yeah. You're going to local shows for fourteen bucks. Not even. Yeah. More. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. A beer costs fourteen dollars. This is true. Yeah. So the Eagles Club had its first rock concert with the Dave Clark Five performing on the ballroom stage. God, they're so heavy and brutal. You ever listen to Dave, Dave Clark Five? No, that sounds like a... Uh, oh, like, dude. Like a, like a... What is it? Jackson Five? No, they're like brutal heavy. Seriously? No. Oh. Okay, I was going to say, like, that doesn't sound at all like it would be... No, not at all. They're like the Dave Clark Five. Oh, open this pit up, Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> so in 19, uh, the 1970s brought even more famous groups and people such as Eric Clapton, mm -hmm. Crosby, Stills, Nash, who, again, was my first concert, and other rising rock stars. When the athletic club was closed, a homeless men's shelter opened up temporarily in the basement area, providing shelter for the destitute, uh, which is uh, life-saving uh, during the uh, freezing months. And right. it, it's cold up there. Easier. Let's just be honest. It's fucking cold up there. And if you're from the Milwaukee area, you guys fucking know how cold it is up there. And it sucks. By the late 1980s, the Eagles Club was in a state of disrepair, and the Eagle Club put it out on the real estate market after getting it listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1986. Hmm. In late 1992, the Eagles Club was rescued when it was bought by huh, yeah. <laughs> Wauwatosa businessman Anthony J. Balistreri and his wife Marjorie, who performed in the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. So that's cool. They came in and bought the place. They began the long process of restoring the historic beauty of the elegant ballroom and interior art, as well as the outside facade. They also uh, restored and renovated other areas, turning the building into the multi-venue building it is today. That's pretty cool. They went in, they did all this. So now here's another thing about this place too. It actually has tunnels underneath, supposedly, that go to like other parts of Milwaukee. Like you can go to, I don't know if it was part of the Underground Railroad, if it was built as like just something to move. Amongst. Like it's as cold as shit on the surface. So they built tunnels underneath to avoid the cold to get to places. Yeah, to like maybe move stuff. Yeah, like a sky bridge, but underground. Yeah, maybe that's what it was for. But yeah. But you said, you said supposedly you don't know if they're actually there. Well, you know, people tell you that all the time. I don't know. I never like backed it up and like looked. We didn't have Google back in the 1800s. So, you know, when someone tells me that, I don't, I don't know. I'm kidding about the 1800s. Are you fuck, that old? Fuck both of you. God. Anyway, no, I'm not that old. By the way, when you guys are hearing this, I, uh, my birthday is coming up. Just want to say happy birthday to myself. Yep, happy birthday to that's, yourself. That's what we were doing today. We were celebrating my birthday and Charlie's birthday and Ray Ann's birthday. Just the whole family. It's a bunch, got of, a bunch of bunch of birthdays. So anyway, we wanted to include the history of this place because, again, A, we love the history of places like this, and B, it shows how many things this building was used for and how many people have actually passed through the building. We all know where there are, uh, you know, tons of history that, you know, there tends to be ghost stories whenever there's a lot of history to a place, right? Right. Kind of goes hand in hand. Yes. Let's get into the spooky shit here. Remember the pool we mentioned earlier? Remember that pool? Maybe. Yeah. Well, at one point, a 17-year-old boy had a fucking heart attack and died in the pool. You should. At 17. How cold was the water? I don't know. 
because maybe that's what caused his heart maybe he jumped in and too cold and gave him a shock or maybe there wasn't any fucking water in the pool when he jumped in he's like fuck and his heart said no, mm, no I, uh, I, find that, I find that kind of hard to believe yeah, I mean, you cool, a lot of things hard to believe though yeah that's cool Whatever. Later, at least two more children would actually die in the pool. This would ultimately cause the uh, cause the closure of the athletic club. And I've actually been to that pool, so it's pretty. It's huge, and it's got these big, like curved, like the insides of it and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's crazy. I um they I really either someone said they were going to or they were they were actually using it for like um for like a skate park huh? thing. What would that be called? Like a skate pool? What is that called? Like a half pipe. No, not a half pipe. Anyway, they used the pool to skateboarding. Fuck it, whatever. I don't know what the fuck it's called. <laughs> anyway, whatever. So anyway, they closed the damn place down. Also, the man who ran the homeless shelter was said to be extremely cruel and abusive to the men staying there. So that's always nice. Yeah. The basement area, which is the home of the former men's shelter, is one of the most or more haunted areas. The shelter manager mentioned earlier is thought to be the reason behind the heavy negative energy felt there. So the guy was just a fucking asshole. Very interesting to me that the... The basement, right, of a very old building. Correct. Is the center of all the the haunting, you know, events that have happened there. It's almost like the area of an old building that is poorly ventilated might have a higher level of... Marijuana. May maybe. Oh. <laughs> Does that make you see ghosts? Yes. You ever been real high? <laughs> you ever been high in Milwaukee? <laughs> I mean, I have. And you, you see shit. But no, there's like all kinds of like, um, like uh, what's it called? Uh, carbon monoxide and shit. Yeah, and like asbestos. The ventilation and, yeah, and the, yeah. the xenon. And all, like, like it's and the older building's lead and the walls and shit. The less v ventilation, you know, you don't hear ghost stories on the 18th floor with all the windows open. You know what I mean? You always hear basements as like the center for all the ghost stories. So obviously, in my so Are opinion, you trying to tell me that there are no 18th floor windows open ghost stories find me one challenge accepted <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so cold spots are often felt by staff in the late hours after closing shadow people have often been reported by staff as well as band members packing up after a show i didn't see anything when i was there but i'm telling you that vibe down there and that uh that where the pool area is like down there yeah. it's super fucking creepy uh, like super like you know, you, as you're walking there's like these huge hallways and stuff you gotta remember what I say was 180,000 square foot. Yeah, that's yep. big. Like that's big. That's big as. Fuck. It's an old ass building. It's creepy. But when you're walking through, man, it's like you know, because it's all made out of uh, concrete, so it's like just echoey as shit. Yeah. So you're just walking, you can hear your own feet going like. It's it's just fucking wild, man. So next is the pool area, which we've uh, you know actually seen, like I said, and it's pretty fucking creepy. A little girl is said to roam around the area. People have heard her laughter and have said her presence can bring a sense of dread. Staff have said that they have heard shuffling footsteps and have smelled a strong odor of bleach in the pool area. Okay, well, I mean, the bleach thing kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's almost like pool. they use chemicals in a pool. <laughs> but, it, but it's been shut down forever, though. But it's probably soaked in the, the concrete. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Does bleach do that? I mean, if it's maybe. Heavily, like, heavily used, I mean, I can, I can vaguely... Think of that, yeah. Oh. oh. I would sooner believe bleached concrete than ghosts. <laughs> God. <laughs> in the boiler room under the pool, a former employee still hangs, and he doesn't like the people in the area. Jack was once recorded telling a group on a ghost hunt to get out, get out now. Apparently, you can find a video of this on YouTube, and we'll try to find it to post it on our page. Now, this, I actually do remember them talking about Jack. 
Okay. And this is back. I was there in first time I was there in nineteen seventy four. Close. <laughs> um, it actually was two thousand one or two thousand two was okay. when I was there. Okay. But yeah, I remember them talking about Jack. Yeah. <laughs> what band were you with then? Uh, I was on on tour with Switched. But no, who were you playing with? I wasn't. I was their stage manager. Oh. Yeah. This is the. Okay. Gotcha. This is when uh, Moody was actually drum tech for Chimera. And I was uh, stage manager for Switched, and we were all on tour together. That makes sense. Yeah. That cool. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is the place there uh, where Brad from Voodoo yeah. uh, went outside with his little uh, pig nose amp yeah. and started playing Fat Lip by Sum 41. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And, but, and so I started rapping it, and like everybody's coming in for a warp tour. Dude, it was a blast. Everyone just hanging out outside. It was so much fun. Yeah, that was that was a good time. So the ballroom, this is more of like a, it less of like ghost stories and more of me and my memories is what all this <laughs> is. Yeah, this, this is a walk down memory lane <laughs> yeah. episode. I remember back in 1963. Should make, you should make this one a Patreon. Yeah. And then do uh, <laughs> the scarier one for the normal one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember back in the day. Pepperidge Farms remembers. <laughs> Stamps only cost two, six, six, six cents. The ballroom has had edge. Because uh-huh. you're old, you stutter. Oh, but I say like a broken record. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. The ballroom has had its share of apparitions hanging around during sound checks and after shows when everyone has left. An employee told a story of when he was standing on the floor of the Eagles ballroom, making sure that the people going to the, uh, the roof patio didn't get lost and going to the Eagles ballroom by design. Hmm. He said that one of his fellow workers had seen that they thought what they thought was a man standing in one of the second floor boxes located above the Eagles ballroom. He called security, and when they approached this person, he ran down the aisle, but disappeared before the staff person that was behind him and the security person cutting off his escape could try to grab him. Why did ghosts never appear in large crowds? Like, why is it always when everyone's left and there's only, like, one dude there by himself? Maybe they shot. do, but they blend in. Oh. 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 Maybe. They, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm walking around in a huge crowd or whatever. I don't know if someone's a ghost or not. True that. You don't know if they're a vampire either. I'm just going to start walking. <laughs> I mean, well, now I'm paranoid. Thanks. Well, well, I mean, is it daylight? And isn't that how that works with ghosts or whatever? Well, it depends on what. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just going to start carrying a stick with me and poking people just to see yeah, if they're a ghost. I'm going to have garlic in my pocket and just throw it at people. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to walk behind someone like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Just dude, check it, dude. You know what I, you know what I, you know what I read uh, a few weeks ago about like vamp- vampires and stuff like that with like mirrors, how back in the day they you couldn't see their own reflection because they were lined with like silver because it's like a pure metal or something like that. And now all the new mirrors are lined with aluminum or some bullshit. So now they can see their own reflection because it's not a pure metal. So you never know if it's a vampire or not. But I that, did not know anything about that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Okay. Riley was about to. He was. Were you gonna bump? I, I don't or? know what button I was gonna press. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't know how to re- react to that. And if you're new here, by the way, Riley actually started off with us with the road, uh, our production thing we have here with all the buttons and doodads, and uh, he doesn't remember how to use it. That's not true. I mean, partly. You just press the button; it makes a noise. <laughs> Which button does what? What the? <laughs> That button does that. And uh, one other common theme is people hearing either happy, laughing children or sad, crying children. Sounds about right. Some staff have stated that uh, they've seen entities of children playing in groups. All right. Yeah, that's a little creepy. Yeah, that's weird. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Just fucking throw a banana towards them. <laughs> why, why, do you have a, banana? why do you have a banana? Who doesn't carry bananas? Me? Sticks and bananas, dude. That's what I carry with me everywhere I go. All right. So you're protected from what? Monkeys and vampires? <laughs> no, ghostly groups of children. What's the stick for? To poke them. They're ghosts. You can't poke a ghost. That's exactly my point. How do you know, Riley? You don't believe in them? They're not real. You can't poke something that's not there. You can poke the air. 
But the air's there. <laughs> so are the ghosts. No, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we can go back and forth, I guess. Yeah. So we've been here again. This place is awesome. Also, another fun tidbit, not too far away from the rave, is uh, the Ambassador Hotel, which, if you're up on your serial killers, you know that this is the place where Jeffrey Dahmer killed his first victim in Milwaukee. Yeah, Stephen Twomey was Jeffrey Dahmer's first victim in Milwaukee. Dahmer met Twomey in uh, September of uh, 1987. At the time, Dahmer was out on probation after molestation charges of a minor. Yuck. The two men spent the night together drinking heavily and visiting multiple bars. Later that night, they ended up in a room together in the Ambassador Room 507, which is a room some Dahmer historians have requested to stay in. Dahmer killed Twomey while he was uh, dr- in a drunken stupor. Upon waking up to find Twomey dead, Dahmer put the body in a suitcase and took it to his grandmother's house where he was living. In the basement, he acted out necrophilic desires and then dismembered the body. Wait, how How do you... It's so, that's an indictment of our judicial system that you get probation for molesting a minor. This is back in like the... When he first did it, it was like early 80s, well, late what, 70s. Uh, yeah, well, still. It's a di- that was a different time back then. And if you want to get into the whole story with him, he slipped through a lot of freaking cracks. Yeah, he got lucky a lot. Well, a yeah. lot of the prolific serial killers got really lucky yep. a lot of times. The, the people who didn't get lucky aren't serial killers because they got caught after the first one. Right. You know what I mean? Right. First, yeah. Or a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, he started to, you know, doing all kinds of nasty shit and then dismembered the body. Supposedly, when Dahmer awoke to find Tuami dead, the body was in an awkward position hanging off the side of the bed. Some visitors have reported instances of waking up to discover their partner in a similarly awkward position. Fucking ugh. Visitors to room 507 have reported a variety of experiences, such as a heaviness to the room that they can't quite explain. Some people get woken up in the middle of the night by odd circumstances. And there's an, uh, you know, just a little bit extra for you. However, when we went there, because yes, I went to the Ambassador Hotel while we were there with Brad and a couple other people, because we wanted to see the room at Dahmer, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, morbid curiosity. We're fucking idiots, whatever. So we go there. A, they wouldn't let us up. Nice. And B, they told us it was all boarded up and couldn't even check it out anyway. So, So they may have reopened it since then. Mm. I don't know, but I know that's what they told us when we were there. But it's pretty fucking crazy. Nah, if I was them, I would just, like, destroy the room, concrete the wall. Which they may have done. There, and yeah. then just be like, we don't have a room 507. Yeah. It's gone. We have 506 and 508. <laughs> would you like to say that? <laughs> no, we have, both of those rooms are quite large now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so info on the hauntings and most of the historical facts in the rave was actually taken from an ex- ex- excrement. Excellent. excellent article on hauntedhouses.com. <laughs> yeah, an excrement art- article. Next up, we're going to head across the pond, so to speak. We're heading to London and the famous Royal Albert Hall. This place has a long and rich history behind it. The Royal Albert Hall was built on uh, what was once the Gore Estate, at the center of which stood Gore House. That immediately sounds awesome. Like, hello, everybody. Welcome to Goros. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, no, I said welcome to Goros. <laughs> Are we in Germany now? Like, what the-, <laughs> the Gore House. <laughs> That's Switzerland. No, the courthouse. It has a mustache. What? Do you like... Do you... <laughs> fired. Get away from it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to chop his fucking fingers off. <laughs> Listen, you, you could have given this to Logan. <laughs> you gave it to me. It won't reach. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Sounds like a you problem. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is over here in, uh, in London. The three-acre uh, estate was occupied by political reformer William Wilberforce. Holy shit, what a name. That's an interesting one. Wilberforce. 
between 1808 and 1828 and subsequently occupied between 19, or 1836 and 1849 by the Countess of Blessington and Count d'Orsay. Riley, you, you know your history. Are you up on a, uh, either of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What'd they do? You tell me. No, I was asking you. I'm waiting for you to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> After the couple left for Paris in May of 1851, the house was opened as the Universal Symposium of All Nations, a restaurant run by the first celebrity chef, Alexis Sawyer, Ooh. who planned to cater for the Great Exhibition in Hyde Park. Hmm. Hmm. After the exhibition and following the advice of Prince Albert, Gore House and its grounds were bought by the exhibition's Royal Commission to create the cultural quarter known as <laughs> Albertopolis. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking well, because it's Prince Albert. Uh, maybe. Albertopolis, I guess that makes sense. A complex of public Victorian buildings were developed to house exhibits from the Great Exhibition and to further the study of art, science, and industry. On May 20th, 1867, 7,000 people gathered under a purpose-built marquee to watch Queen Victoria lay the hall's red Aberdeen granite crown foundation stone, which today can be found underneath K Stalls Row 11, seat 87 in the main auditorium. That was a lot of words. Yeah, that was a lot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Queen announced that, quote, it is my wish that this hall should bear his name to whom it will have owed its existence and be called the Royal Royal Albert Hall of Arts and Sciences. There you go. God, they talk a lot. As a 21-gun salute was heard from Hyde Park and a trumpet fanfare from HM lifeguards sounded. By December 1870, construction of the hall had moved um, on so that the HM Queen Victoria and her daughter, Princess Beatrice, visited the hall to listen to the acoustics. Acoustics, damn it. Okay, so it's got a lot of very uh, 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 snooty history to it, you know. A little bit. Yes. Very, uh, very, uh, you know, hi, I'm the queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the old saying, hi, I'm the queen. Uh, This place is very nice. It's very, um, Hi, I'm the Queen. <laughs> I, I like that. We I'm, I'm making it. That's mine. Almost three months later, on uh, February 25th, 1871, the Hall's first concert was held to an audience for 7,000 people comprising the workmen and their families, various officials, and the invited public. Amateur orchestra, the... Uh, uh, amateur orchestra, that's funny. The Wandering Minstrels. Yeah. It, it, amateur orchestra. Yeah, I yeah. like that. They were called the Wandering Minstrels, played to test the acoustics. the Wandering all. Minstrels? Minstrels. Minstrels or minstrels? Minstrels. Ew. <laughs> M-I-N. Minstrels. Oh. Minstrels. Not like minstrels, like a bunch of tampons floating around. <laughs> the wandering tampons? The wandering tampons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they played to test the acoustics from all areas of the auditorium. This place has been running as a venue for 150 years. Again, history breeds ghosts and hauntings. There's so much history in this building that we are not able to, uh, you know, include everything here. But, you know, check their official website for the Royal Albert Hall to really d- dive into the history of the place. You won't be sorry you did. We gave you the beginnings to show how long this place has been around. We're going to get right into the spooky stuff now. On July 13th, 1930, the Spiritualist Association. Association? Association. Association. Ish. Which is not like the association. No. It's more like the Sean Connery. Do you know that's where the name soccer comes from? Shocker. Association. Association. It's, it's, it's a, so in England it was called Association Football, and so they called it soccer because association because they used to call their lectures leckers. So it was none like, of that sounds like it makes sense yeah, to me. In any way. So long story short, 
like college kids in England in like the early like the mid 1800s, right? Okay. 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 When they went to a lecture, they would call it a lecker for short. Okay. And so association football, they couldn't call it an asser, so they called it soccer. That is association. Sense. If you look at the spelling, yeah, I know how to spell. The, the, <laughs> that's just a very weird like how they really took weird, that yeah. and turned it into soccer well they would have called it asser but everyone likes it. everyone likes to play a game of asser am i wrong i mean i'm gonna start calling it from now on it's, it's, the, world, it's the world cup of asser well i mean you do you know <laughs> kick balls and you know what i mean yeah and you, you get a lot of head <laughs> i don't yeah, wrong I game. I don't wrong game. Being here anymore. <laughs> wrong game. Oh, sorry. I don't know what game you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so the Spiritualist Association rented the Royal Albert Hall for a seance for Sir Arthur Conan Doyle following the death of the Sherlock author on July 7th. So that's kind of cool. Ooh. Conan Doyle was a spiritualist and believed in the existence beyond the grave. Upon his death, 10,000 people gathered expected, expected, <laughs> expectantly. Oh my God, I can't. Expectantly. Thank you in the hall to watch a medium take to the stage, hoping to witness some supernatural activity and hear a message from Conan Doyle from the other side. Lady Doyle, I'm assuming this is his wife, quote, although I have not spoken to Arthur since he passed, I am certain that in his own time and in his own way, he will send a message to us. It's she actually told that to Time Magazine in July 21st of 1930. Huh, I didn't realize it was around that long. Yeah. Oh yeah, Time Magazine's been around forever. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Like, God, see, yeah, see what he did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that, um, um, what's his name? Freaking Hitler was actually Man of the Year one year on yeah, Time Magazine. Yeah, I thought it was like when it, when it first started was right no, that time. It was no. 1938 or 39. Yeah. They, just, they just shot themselves in the foot on that one, that's yeah, all. That's and then he bit. shot himself in the head. Hey, good riddance, you piece of shit. Yes. Anyway, Lady Conan Doyle took to the stage alongside members of his family with a vacant chair on her right reserved for her late husband. Time Magazine, who attended the seance, reports, quote, Mrs. Estelle Roberts, clairvoyant, took the stage. She declared five spirits were pushing her. She cried out their messages. Persons in the audience confirmed their validity. Suddenly, Mrs. Roberts looked at Sir Arthur's—excuse me, Sir Arthur's—empty chair and cried, "He is here!" Lady Doyle stood up. The clairvoyant's eyes moved as though accompanying a person who was approaching her. "He is wearing evening clothes," she murmured. She inclined her head to listen. A silent moment. Her head jerked up. She stared at Lady Doyle, shivering, ran to the window, whispered. Persons nearby could hear. Sir Arthur told me that one of you went into the hut on the Doyle estate this morning. Is that correct? Lady Doyle faltering. Why, yes, she beamed. Her eyes opened widely. The clairvoyant to Lady Doyle said, The message is this. Tell Mary. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I'm like intrigued by this. And it just says dot, dot, dot. At, the, uh, at this, the audience rose in a clamor, and the great organ of the hall began to peal, the noise drowning out the answer of Mrs. Roberts. So he, she didn't even get to tell the rest of the, the audience the answer to it. So she's, like, whispering to her, like, and here's what he said. But what, uh, what was the message delivered to Lady Doyle that night? Did the ghost of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle really visit the Royal Albert Hall on that night in 1930? So, did they? No. Yeah, we, we'll never know. Yeah, Nobody know. knows what it was. Never too long. So seances are always fun and definitely work, as we've found out before in our seance that we tried out there. Were you there for that? Was it the Thanksgiving one? It was right around that time. No, we had dinner for that one. Yeah, well, we, we tried doing a seance while we, we ate. Did, we did. Yeah, we tried bringing Michael Jackson. Yeah, and Prince. And Prince. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work. God, that feels like so long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was long ago. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. So here's some more stories taken right from the RAH website. So this one's called... The girls. 
Beneath the door, door six foyer in the carpeted basement area, there is one spot where two young women known as the girls briefly appear each November 2nd, a little before 2 a.m., when the building is almost deserted except for some security staff. Over the years, several staff members reported hearing the girls laughing and seeing their animated and excited silhouettes appear. Clothed in fashion of slightly risque Victorian ladies, hmm. you know, extravagant long dark dresses embellished with lace from neck to bodice with many ruffles, especially around the sleeves and hem, and their hair stay, uh, styled in a cottage loaf bun with ringlets hanging over their ears. Okay, can you guys imagine what that looks like? Yes. Like the old school where they had the ear, the, the rings here, and it's like up in a little bouffant yes. thing? Yes, yes, Yeah, yes. so that's what they're saying. Anyway, the duty security incident... But wait, what? <laughs> the duty security incident book indicates that there had been appearances by the girls for the three years prior to 1991. They have been seen passing across the foyer space, which is bounded by double doors at each end, leading on one side of the staff canteen, where people still actually eat today, and the other to the kitchen corridor, and then they disappear. That is why some believe that the girls may be responsible for unexplained accidents tappings and footsteps that occur behind locked doors late at night in the kitchens assistant chefs who have uh assistance chefs assistant chefs whatever who have to <laughs> who have uh to, to clean the kitchen every night after use often used to hear they heard noises and have been frightened whilst in that area whilst with whilst that's the girls this one's called father willis god just the way i said that i didn't even like the way i, I said, don't it. Like said that either the first thing that came to mind was tropic thunder I've been a bad boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, Father Fire Sin. <laughs> so gross. Uh, anyway, so this is Father Willis. Whenever restoration work is carried out on our organ, <laughs> its original constructor, Henry Willis, fondly nicknamed Father Willis, returns as a stooped ghost wearing a black skull cap. When the organ was being reconstructed in eight, or 1924, workmen saw a little old man walk down the stairs late one afternoon. On returning to the workshop and relating the, the facts, the foreman asked what the man was wearing. When told that he was donning a black skull cape, skull cape, skull cap, the foreman decided it was the ghost of Father Willis, the original builder of the organ, long since dead, who would not approve the alterations being undertaken. Since then, there have been many reports of a sudden cold atmosphere in the area behind the organ. Hmm. I mean, I'd be kind of pissed too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. If I was a ghost and you're fucking with my shit that I built and I, like, put a lot of hard work into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to know I'm not happy. Maybe, that happen Maybe that's what a lot of this stuff is. Maybe that's what people see a lot is ghosts is that they're just, they're pissed off at, like, you. All they did was walk, all they did was walk up the stairs. How do they know he's mad? Oh, maybe he's not. I mean, I guess that's a valid point. Like, the, the ghost just walked. Like, it's not like he, like, ran at him and said, fuck you. Like, maybe he's he just, just like, fuck it. I want to see what you guys are doing. Yeah, right. he's a ghost. He's got nothing to do. <laughs> don't, don't touch that. No, no, no. Turn it the other way. Turn it. No, no. God damn it. That's going to be dead when he, when he turns into a ghost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I'll be throwing shit for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude. If, if any of that stuff's real and I can come back, you guys are fucked. I can't wait. <laughs> that, fucked. That'd be fun. When interviewed in 2018, Michael Broadway, the Hall's organ custodian, was asked if he had ever seen signs of the legendary ghost of Henry Willis. He answered, quote, I remember the organ builder Clifford Hyatt telling me about this over 40 years ago. The tuner was making the final visit of the uh, Willis contract before the Harrison and Harrison rebuild in the 1920s. When he got up onto the great passage board, he saw Father Willis there saying, they shan't take my organ from me. Okay, so he is pissed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, A lovely story, but I haven't seen him. There are many questions I would ask him and hopefully have his approval of the way I look after his instrument. <laughs> Perhaps he has no reason to be disturbed. Okay, so he seemed upset. You know, 
Why are you touching my instrument? <laughs> it's my organ. <laughs> ah, fucking child. So this one is the man in white. During a Jasper Carrot comedy event in May of 1990, so not too long ago, mm-hmm. the duty manager was ordered to clear the middle choir seats and to post a steward at either end to avoid anyone entering as it is very distracting for a performer to have people walking across the back of the stage during the show. Makes sense. That's why a very angry stage manager demanded on radio to know why there was someone crossing the stage. The description was of a man dressed in white, walking oddly as if on drugs. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell, it's Keith Richards walking back there. I was going, who's that? Uh, (laughs) Fucking idiot. So the stewards insisted no one had passed them, and on further investigation, no one except Jasper Carrot was on stage, but several people had seen the figure across the stage from left to right. That's kind of fucked up. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think of that one, Riley? That was in a crowd. That wasn't. But a crowd. only several people saw it. How many people is several? How many does it, does it take to validate it for you? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't a lot several, or is a lot more no, than several? A lot is more than several. What is several? Several. Several. I don't know. I'd say like four or five. And what's a lot? A million. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You need a million people. Yeah, I need, like, hard evidence. Okay. Yeah, hard evidence, huh? (laughs) To validate the organ? Is that what you're saying? No? Okay. Don't don't touch the instrument. Don't touch the instrument. So the Victorian couple, this is another one on here, and I think this, yeah, that's the last one for for over here. A staff member during the 2000s reported having seen a couple in Victorian clothing walking across the second tier uh, near to door six and vanish into a box. Oh. As a venue whose history is so closely tied to the Victorian times, this didn't seem particularly odd. People dress up all the time. You know what I mean? That's what they do. But in 2011, a head steward was finishing off his shift one evening and had made sure that all members of the public had left the second tier. On going downstairs into the auditorium, he noticed a couple sitting in a box. So he returned to the second tier but found no one in the box. He assumed they had left while he was on his way back. So once again, he returned to the auditorium only to see them again. So he went back to the second tier, and that's when he heard the couple chattering. He assumed they were in the box, but on opening the door, there was no one there. See, that's the kind of shit I would do, though. I'd be sitting in the box and be like, listen, when he gets here, fucking disappear. Damn it, no one's here. Go back down. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep fogging with him over and over. How many times he'll come come up? Come on. How many times? How many times? Be like the ghost from Casper of Three Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are several more accounts on their website and tons and tons of stories all over the web about experiences at the historical venue. Sounds like it's actually one crazy place. Sounds like I would love to go there, to be honest with you. I think that'd be amazing. So next up is another club we've actually been to, the Masquerade in Atlanta. ATL, what? Hotlanta. The Masquerade features three indoor venues with capacities ranging from 300 to 1,000, appropriately named Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory. Nice. And uh, it's really cool. I have been there. I've played there a couple different times, and I want to say it was an old sawmill. I'm sure it'll probably say in here whether or not it was, but it's it's like it. The building itself looks like a great big box. Okay. And then you have to walk up these one steps to get to where you got to go or whatever. But it's just it's just got a cool vibe inside of it. Like, the place has always been cool, but I've heard forever that it's been haunted. So it's a, it's a very cool spot. So if you guys are in Atlanta or in that you know area, let us know if you've ever been there before. So the masquerade was founded in 1988 at the historic Dupree Excelsior Mill. 
a former Excelsior Mill at 695 North Avenue in the old Fourth Ward neighborhood. There you go. The venue had both indoor and outdoor concert space. It was sold in 2006 and moved in moved in late November 2016 after it was made part of the new mixed uh, mixed use development called North Line. Oh, geez. <laughs> the building was designated as historic by the city, and all the original parts will be saved through at adaptive reuse. Masquerade had hosted tons of national and local acts from Cannibal Corpse to the greatest entertainer in the freaking world, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was, it's a really cool venue out there. That's really cool. So this nightclub is said to be visited by the spirits who died in a fire and tuberculosis outbreaks long ago, both of which killed several members of the building's former staff. Apparitions have been seen and unexplained footsteps have been reported. One popular story is that of a large and tall black man who is always seen walking around the nightclub. Huh. The staff believes that it is the man who turns the musical amplifiers every night. What? That's kind of cool. That is pretty dope. Yeah. The staff has also reported hearing footsteps from unidentified sources as well as cold spots all throughout the building. Horrifying screams can also be heard coming from back of uh, from the back of the stairs even when there was no one there. Ugh. Ooh. They believe that the screams come from the young woman who died in a freakish accident in the nightclub. Nowadays, there are rumors that real vampires come to the nightclub and even live there. Ah, see, told you. Some people believe that this rumor has been spread to promote business as vampires have suddenly become very popular. That's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what's tonight? Uh, it's Thursday night. Oh, yeah, it's vampire night, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All the vampires come. Yeah. Or, 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 do you want to go? Uh... Yeah, fuck it. Let's go. I mean, would you go? Yeah, I'd go as long as Blade wasn't there. There was a vampire. If Blade wasn't there? Yeah. Why? Because he just fucking kills everybody in those areas. Yeah, but you're not a vampire. He doesn't know that. all right so that's the masquerade it's a great spot if you're out in the atlanta area make sure you stop there it's super fun next up we're heading to nashville and a place that moody has actually been to but not for music for the national beard and mustache competition no he hasn't and he did not place unfortunately yeah of course yeah the auditorium um, opened uh, as the union gospel tabernacle in 1892 it's yeah it's a tabernacle back then <laughs> tabernacle why is that funny it's an awesome word a tabernacle i like my tabernacles tabernacle like a tabernacle <laughs> the uh again it was a tabernacle in 1892 its construction was spearheaded by thomas ryman a nashville businessman who uh owned several saloons and a fleet of riverboats when ryman died in 1904 his memorial service was held at the tabernacle during the service it was proposed the building be named or renamed ryman auditorium which was met with the overwhelming approval of the attendees. The building was originally designed to contain a balcony, but a lack of funds delayed its completion. The balcony was eventually built and opened in time for the 1897 gathering of the United Confederate Veterans. Holy shit. Wow. With funds provided by members of the group. As a result, the balcony was once called the Confederate Gallery. Upon the completion of the balcony, the Ryman's capacity rose to 6,000. A stage was added in 1901 that reduced the capacity to just over 3,000. Holy crap, it must have been a big-ass stage. Though the building was designed to be a house of worship, a purpose it continued to serve throughout most of its early existence, it was often leased to promoters for non-religious events in uh, effort to pay off its debts, of course, and remain open. In 1904, Lula C. Naff, a widow and mother who was working as a stenographer, began to book and promote speaking engagements, concerts, boxing matches, and other attractions at the Ryman in her free time. Naff gained a reputation for battling local censorship groups, all right, way to go, who had threatened to ban various performances deemed too 
too risque. This is back in the 30s, so you can only imagine what that is, you know, what's considered risque back then. Yes, very, oh, very. Oh, no, I can see her knee. Absolutely not. Uh, you, there will be no knees in this tabernacle. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. So in 1939, uh, NAF won a landmark lawsuit against the Nashville Board of Censors, which was planning to arrest the star of the Play Tobacco Road due to its provocative nature. The court declared the law creating uh, the censors to be invalid. Uh, W.C. Fields, uh, Will Rogers. Wait, hold on. God damn it, Moody. <laughs> W.C. Fields, um, who was a comedian back in the day. Will Rogers, 1925. Charlie Chaplin, um, Bob Hope with Doris Day in 1949. Harry Houdini in 1924. And John Philip Sousa performed at the venue over the years, earning the Ryman the nickname the Carnegie Hall of the South. Huh. And so uh, pretty big names from back then. Yeah. The Ryman in its early years also hosted Marian Anderson, Bill Monroe, uh, Little Jimmy Dickens, Hank Williams, all right, the Carter sisters, um, Elvis in 1954, Johnny Cash in 1956, Patsy Cline, wow, that's awesome, Lester Flatt, Earl Scruggs, um, Jesus, it's freaking amazing. And the Grand Ole Opry was actually first broadcast from the Ryman on June 5th of 1943 and originated there every week for nearly 31 years thereafter. Every show, uh, every show sold out, and hundreds of fans were often turned away. During its tenure at Ryman Auditorium, the Opry hosted the biggest country music stars of the day and became a show known around the world. Obviously, everyone's heard of the Grand Old Opry. Yes. It's just freaking big and, yeah, whatever. Old and Opry-ish. Grand Old Opry. I don't know. I think it'd be fun to go to that place or whatever. So let's get to the ghosts and the spooky stuff on this place. I mean, it sounds freaking amazing. So, Ryman's spirit was fine with most performances, but would rise if the people on stage were getting a bit risque. Like we said, he didn't like that. <laughs> How dare that knee again? Girl, at least shave it, hussy. Apparently, he disrupted shows by stomping around the room so loudly that spectators were forced to leave. Famously, the ghost wreaked havoc while the opera Carmen was taking place. Probably because it tells the story of a gypsy temptress. Ooh, he didn't like that. Um, too much knee. Yes, too much knee. During the Grand Ole Opry period, rumors surfaced that the venue was uh, cursed since apparently most singers that performed there wound up dead. <sighs> A total of 37 people met their fate in the most gruesome ways, dying from ODs, car accidents, fires, or slaughterings. Jeez. Among the artists believed to have succumbed to the curse are... Okay, I don't know who String Bean Aikman is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that like Troy Aikman's uncle, String Bean Aikman? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Patsy Cline. All right. Love her. I love Patsy Cline. Texas Ruby and many more. In a blog post by Virginia Lampkin titled uh, Haunted Ryman Auditorium, the author explains that when the uh, show relocated to the Opryland USA theme park, 14 additional acts actually died. It is believed that the curse followed a... Uh, uh, followed because a large portion of the Ryman Auditorium stage was cut out and brought to the new location. Aha! There it is. So the ghosts follow. So, Riley, do you believe that ghosts attach no. to things? No. Or people? Neither. They're not real. You don't, you don't think ghosts are real? Not at all. Not at all? No. None? Nope. Not at all? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> so why not? I just don't, I don't, I don't think it makes any sense. Is it because you've just never experienced anything or? Well, yeah, it's just, it, it's just like one of those things where if they were real, somebody would have some sort of hard evidence by now. Well, they do. You ever seen um, that movie with Patrick Swayze? <laughs> oh, with the, uh, with the, with the pottery? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was real, wasn't it? Yeah. That'd be kind of hot. 
I mean, wasn't that real? That's a movie, Dad. Right, a documentary, wasn't it? It was a documentary about Patrick Swayze. He died. Patrick Swayze is a ghost now. That's what I'm saying. And he was doing pottery. That, that was, that's what the whole movie's about, Riley. Did you even but see it? No. Um, You've never seen Ghost? No. Oh my God, it's so good. I only know I've the, seen Ghost. I only know the pottery scene. Yeah. I but you've never it. seen Wayne's World, so we're even. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, you still lose. I, yeah, I still, yeah, you're, I still, you're, you're still I've seen parts of it. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Name three. Here's, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. There's a beginning, middle, and end. There you go. <laughs> so the spirit, often referred to as the Gray Man, is believed to have been one of the Confederate soldiers who frequented the auditorium during post-war gatherings. Some say they've witnessed him sitting in the balcony while our uh, artists rehearse. He watches the stage steadily, but disappears as soon as anyone gets too close. The lady, on the other hand, isn't a spectator. She's a performer, believed to be the ghost of Patsy Cline. What? That's fucking amazing. She has been heard singing by staff. Usually her performance happens late at night as they prepare to close. Patsy Cline, who died tragically in a plane crash, has also been linked to the Opry curse. Could the curse not only kill, but also trap artists in the venue? It's fucking wild. Is, Can you imagine? Yeah, no. Oh, my God. I can imagine that at all. Speaking of Opry curse victims, Hank Williams is said to have been another casualty. Oh, wow. The successful singer-songwriter passed away in 1953. If you guys ever want to hear like uh, a little bit more on him, uh, we actually did a Day the Music Died on Hank Williams. And uh, I would love to do one on Patsy Cline, to be honest with you. I yeah. love Patsy Cline. Definitely. So become a Patreon producer and go back and listen to those because it's a good one. Become a pooper. So the, um, let's see, he passed away in 1953 after mixing prescription drugs with alcohol. Similar to the other artists haunting the auditorium, Hank's voice has been heard clear as day by employees. But see, would that be a bad thing, though? Mm. Like, it, it, okay, I'm a huge fan of Patsy Cline. Right. I'd want to go work there just in case I could hear her singing while I was working. Like her ghost. Okay. You know what I mean? Or if it was like spooky as shit though. That <laughs> <laughs> was spooky as shit. Wow. That was, that was pretty. How, how'd that go again? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it was, sounded like you, your stomach was upset. <laughs> did, 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 That's spooky. Did Patsy Klein just take you over or something? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have also heard his songs being played on stage without explanation. Along with Patsy, Hank Williams' soul, his soul is uh, has lingered in the old venue ever since he has passed. Supposedly. <laughs> Correct. The info on in the history of the Ryman comes mostly from their own website, while the stories of the hauntings we found on the website, ghostcitytours.com. Next up here is the Phoenix Theater in Pet... Uh, is it Petaluma, California? Yes. Or is it Petaluma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that one again. Pet Petaluma. No. Is it Petaluma or Petaluma? Petaluma. Or is it Petaluma? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Welcome to Petaluma. Captain Kirk. I am. <laughs> Petaluma. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the club has been in existence since 1905 and has changed in both structure and purpose, mostly due to severe damage caused by several fires. Petaluma's Phoenix, uh, theater, Phoenix Theater has been entertaining Sonoma County residents for over 116 years. Damn. Hosting everyone from the likes of Harry Houdini nice, to Green Day. Blech. The fabled teen center and music venue has a varied and interesting history. The entertainment center opened in 1904 as the Hill Opera House. The structure, oh, I, I know that name, Hill Opera House, for some reason. Yeah, it's an opera house on the hill. The structure, yeah, there it is. Yeah, thank you, thank you, yeah. 
The uh, structure was designed by San Francisco architect Charles Havens, who also designed Petaloma's Carlson Cur Courier Silk Mill in 1892. The Beau Arts Style Theater hosts operas, theatrical performances, high school graduations, okay, and music for over 15 years until the early 1920s when it was gutted by fire. In 1925, the venue reopened as the California Theater, playing silent films accompanied by music, which would be freaking so cool. Mm -hmm. A January 24th, 1925, pressed uh, Democrat article proclaimed the show placed the largest playhouse in Petaluma in one of the finest theaters of Northern California. A packed house attended the opening night performance, which included a double feature picture show and live entertainment. Oh. The theater switched to movies with sound in late, uh, later years and lost major sections of its roof to a second fire in 1957. Jesus. Yeah, wow. Petaluma's to, uh, Tocini family bought the floundering venue in uh, 1967, switching to a program of live music and entertainment. In 1983, the theater was renamed The Phoenix, reflecting its ability to be reborn from the ashes. Get it? Get it, Phoenix? No, what's Phoenix? What do you mean? What's what, what, what's a Phoenix? Uh, it's a city. Ah, yes. In, in Arizona. Arizona. Ah, yes. Gotcha. Yes. And it's all about that city. They really like that city so much they named this place after that city. That's amazing. Although it's in California. It's close enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's close. Good touch. It's a bird. The touch tips. It's a mythical bird. Oh, mythical. 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 It, it's supposed to emerge from a fire and come out and be better. Or it's actually the chick from uh, X Men. Yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. They did a horrible job on that. Oh, God, they did. Yeah, anyway. Segway. That was a lot. Yeah. Like a very small <laughs> amount of time. Well, you asked what a phoenix was, and I just had to get it all out there. I'm just saying. Anyway. So this uh, this person here, and uh, they did a little bit extra. Tom Gaffey, a young man who had grown up in Petaluma and worked at both the California and the Showcase Theaters, was hired as manager, oh. a position he holds to this day. Very well. The theater gained unwanted attention after a late-night performance by the band Popsicle Love Sponge. Love <laughs> you ever heard their stuff? It's amazing. Popsicle Love Sponge. Yes, they have a song called It's Not That Good. You do not know who that is. <laughs> I was going to be really shocked if you did. You know. Well, they performed a questionable act with the body of what was believed to be a dead chicken. Wait, so they hung out with Ozzy? That was oh, that, that was bad. bad. That was yeah, bad. That was Damn. Bad. My bad. The late night shows ended, but the movies continued for a short time. Today, the venue serves as a graffiti-covered teen center and venue for rock, punk, reggae, and more. Ooh. In 1996, it hosted the last show of the Long Beach ska band Sublime, as well as rock and punk legends The Ramones, Red Hot Chili Peppers, X, Metallica, and Primus. The guiding principle of the Phoenix has always been that it's everyone's building, and this was formalized in the early 2000s when the Phoenix became a... 501 nonprofit community center. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It actually sounds pretty awesome. Not at all. You know, I, mean, I don't know. I'd like to go out there. Check it out. You know, let's do it. You guys want to go to a show right now in Patulama, California? Patulama. <laughs> Patulama. Sounds like a curse <laughs> you're getting, putting on someone. I'm going to give you the Pataluma. <laughs> Patulama. Patulama. <laughs> New shirt idea. Petulama. <laughs> but at the end, it should just be, oh, my God, it sounds like pet your llama. <laughs> Do you have ADD? Like, what is happening? Do you right not now? know who I am? <laughs> pet your llama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. That's dirty. Yeah, oh. I say, it sounds kind of dirty. Yeah. Uh, pet hey. my llama. Hey, baby, want to come over later and pet my llama? I mean... 
I'm not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he looked at me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. But it's okay. So the uh, the following excerpt here is taken directly from their website. The Phoenix Theater is open seven days a week, generally from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. for drop-in un, unstructured use. Oh, um, unstructured? Unstructured means without structure. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Our building interior is large and soulful with several rooms to accommodate a variety of activities. On a typical afternoon, you'll find kids playing acoustic music. We've got two pianos and a big stage. Skateboarding across the large wooden floor and up one of four quarter pipe ramps. That place sounds amazing. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty Doing cool. homework in the tutoring room or sitting in one of the overstuffed sofas, reading, talking with friends, or napping. There's always a staff member on site, but the atmosphere is casual. This place sounds fantastic. Yeah, let's go. Like, I kind of want to hang out there now. I'm going to take a nap there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nap. Yeah. Yeah. Would you guys be down yeah. to, if we do a nap live stream? Yeah, we should ask everybody. Yeah. yeah. We need opinions on that. We were thinking about we want to do a live stream or even its own separate podcast where all we do is just take naps. And we play, like, soft music. Soft music. Maybe a white noise app in the yeah, background. Yeah, dim, dim, dim the lights Dim on. the lights down. You guys yeah. can take a nap with us. Yeah. And yeah. we kind of keep I mean, because a lot of people are lonely. You know what I mean? Like by themselves or whatever. Wouldn't it be nice that you could just sit no, there? No, there are literally there are literally people who pay like over the internet, like people to FaceTime them and then sleep like at the same time with them. It's a real thing. We're doing this. There's like services for that. People, people who are lonely and want like someone to like sleep with them, but like not like not in that sense, but just like both yeah. sleep at the same time with, over FaceTime. Nice. Can we just call it like a the midnight nap podcast? Huh. Who takes a nap at midnight? Oh yeah, the midday nap podcast. It's called the long sleep. <laughs> that, that, no, <laughs> that sounds deadly. Yeah, it's like death. You know, I don't want to do that. Get your llama and take a long death. Jeez. <laughs> the midday, the midday podcast. I like that too. Yeah, it's like the midday, the midday nap podcast. Yeah, whatever. So talking about Gaffy over here. What the hell just happened to this? Did you just bump that? No. Oh, that was, it was weird. It was the ghost of Patsy Klein. Apparently, <laughs> you see that? It moved seriously. It moved by itself. Oh. That was weird. <laughs> How'd that go again? <laughs> Why do you sound scared while you're doing it? <laughs> I'm a ghost being... Or I'm not, whatever. Anyways. On top of this, they have free music programs from lessons to recording to production to podcasting to band management and everything in between. We could use some of the podcasting help. Yeah, for that's sure. what I'm saying. Also, they have many programs for teens in the art community to hone their skills. Not only that... They have a teen health center to help inform teens and help them make better, more conscientious choices regarding their personal health. They also have services for trans, uh, trans, eh, transitive health and STD uh, help as well. Okay. I'm sorry, but people need that. Yeah. I think this place is amazing. Especially in California. Yeah. Well, it's everywhere. We feel yeah. like every town needs a place like this for sure. They need one of these in every freaking town. Community centers, man. They're important. Yeah. Especially if it's haunted. Yes. Speaking of which, we found an interview with, uh, that Gaffney did, remember the manager guy, yes. where he talks about some of the experiences and other things that have happened. The following was taken from patulama360.com. Gaffney began uh, by uh, talking about his earliest days. It was my job to close the theater down. Why is Chainsaw here? What? Chainsaw is sitting there in a chair outside the door. Well, I, I didn't know he was even here. Yes, he's literally sitting out there on his phone. Are you sure you're not seeing a ghost? No, that's literally Chainsaw. I, I don't say hi, Chainsaw. Here, it's a fucking ghost, dude. No, look. Yeah. Hey. Damn it, I was coming to say happy birthday afterwards. 
Chainsaws in the house there. right now. Chainsaw, come sit down. I, I don't have any. Just you can pull a chair in no, here he if you want. Take over for me for now. Oh. I gotta pee. Do you, okay, well, Roddy's. Hey, come sit down. Hey. We're saying happy birthday. Oh, oh. well, you want me to pause the recording? Who, who is it? John. Oh my God! Hold on, he's actually saying happy birthday. Oh. Chainsaw brought me juiced shandy uh, from Platform and a card. Oh. I don't have a pin, but thank you. <laughs> What's up, dude? Look hey, at hey, that. What's up, dudes? All right, so the card says... Do I look Arabic on screen? <laughs> the secret to staying young, lie about your age. <laughs> if know. I've learned anything in my 29 years, it's that shit. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, dude. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Hey, Chainsaw just got me a... Yeah, you know. A little cameo. A little, little cameo from Chainsaw. Good to see you, dude. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you hanging out for a minute? Oh, we'll be here for a minute. I mean, we've got a little bit longer, but yeah. So hang out, man. Chainsaw says hi to everybody, by the way. If you want to say in there, you, you got to go to the camera. Yeah, you go the camera's right there. Got to get right in front of it. Yeah. yeah just. Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. Demonetized. <laughs> wait, wait, we're getting monetized? No. Want some of that? Yeah, right? <laughs> so talking about his earliest days here, Gaffy says it was my job to close the theater down. By 10.15, it would be just me and whatever people were watching the movie. Near the end, I'd go up to the projection booth after the audience exited. I'd turn off the projector, come down onto the stage where the sound equipment was, turn off the amps, check doors, balcony, bathrooms, lock the doors, hit the security alarm, then go out the door by the box office. Okay, right? Okay. On three separate nights as he was leaving, the box office phone rang. Gaffy explained the building had five phone stations. The light on the box office phone indicated the call was from the projection booth. Okay. I'd have to turn off the alarm and pick up the phone. Hello? Hello? But nobody was there. You can't believe in ghosts when you're shutting down a theater. You have to check. Hmm. Three times I mustered my courage, turned the lights back on, and burst into the projection room. There was no one there. That was my first experience when I was an unknown here, a spooky welcome back. Gaffy is quick to temper his conversation with, it could have been, and maybe someone would, you know, playing pranks, of course, like O'Reilly over here, making logic out of stuff. Yep. He keeps an open mind, uh, ghosts or explainable experiences. It's for the individual to decide. Quote, blue lights have been seen floating through the building. There's the little kid. He'd been seen even when I was kid, uh, when I was a kid working down here. And one night sleeping on stage as a teen, I could hear and feel big footsteps. I never felt afraid. Quote, the big guy has been felt by many over the years, Gaffy said. We named him Chris, Big Chris. He's the only ghost, if there are ghosts here, who's not from a show business background. He added that uh, psychics who've uh, visited the theater have talked about Chris um, dating to the uh, livery stable, uh, stable era. Livery stable era? It's a long time ago, right? Yeah. Livery? I don't even know what that is. Ivory. Livery. It's a livery stable. It's with the stable livers. You didn't know that was a thing, did you? No, that's yeah. crazy. So you learn, oh, shit. learn shit all the time, aren't you? Apparently. And that someone was murdered on this spot, possibly with a knife. Oh, wow. Yikes. But Gaffey continued firmly, quote, My experiences in this building have been warm and protective. Uh, quote, Chris had the spirit of the Phoenix before it became what it is. Chris may have loved this spot. I think it's one of the coolest corners in town. He commented he sensed from the warmth he felt as he was... Oh, he commented because he sensed the warmth he felt uh, was coming from uh, talking about Chris that was on stage observing. So they're basically saying he's a nice ghost. That's good. And he kind of belongs there, right? Nice. Warm feeling from a ghost. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. I always thought it'd be cool to have like ghosts and they'd be really cool. Hang out with them. Oh, yeah, man. 
You know what I mean? Like if I lost something, they could find it for me. Oh, that'd be amazing. You, you wouldn't I mean? buy them beer because they can't drink? Because oh, they're yeah. ghosts. But then you'd have to smoke a lot of pot and like blow it in their face. Yes. Do a lot of shotguns. Ghosts don't breathe though, do they? I mean, do they? Do they? Do they? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> then there's the little kid. Oh, boy. That's an interesting one, Gaffy said. Again, a psychic had come in. First off, he talked about the guy in the attic in the projection booth. Said he seemed to be older, white hair, and faded green. Almost khaki. Um, yeah. How does green go to khaki? I don't know. It's It just isn't. It's khaki. Khaki is like. Isn't that olive? No. I thought khaki was like tan. Oh. No. Uh, oh, wait, it says white hair and faded. Wait, hold on. Yeah, this is worded really weird. Said he seemed to be older, white hair, and faded green. <laughs> what does that even? Wait, what? White hair, faded green, almost khaki clothing. Ah, almost khaki colored clothing. I got you. That could have been. Yeah, see? I Jesus, that was ridiculous. Good job, dude. He was tall, thin, with angular knees and elbows. Cute. The older wait, man. Your knees aren't at an angle? Huh? With angular knees and elbow, I mean, yeah, I mean, wouldn't those all be? Now, every knee and elbow is angular. Yeah, angular. <laughs> Unless you straighten it, then it's not. <laughs> not still at an angle, technically. No, it's not. Straight angle. 180 degree angle. Straight angle. No. Yeah, that's 180 degrees. No, it's the angle of the dangle. Is reversely proportionate to the heat of the beam. Logan, you should have finished that. You suck. Yeah. I don't think he knows it. I Sorry. do. We'll, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll train him. We'll train him. Fine. The older man, the psychic, told Gaffy is trying to make good on something wrong he felt he did to a child. The psychic added the old man hadn't, however, done anything. Quote, I'm wondering, Gaffy said, if it's the little boy. This was the fly era. The uh, the fly area. Sorry. <laughs> the fly era. <laughs> uh, 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 Another uh, good uh, band uh, name. Uh, fly uh, era. Yeah. Fly era. That'd be cool. The area to the rear of the stage where backdrops hung. With stuff hanging here and ladder work, maybe the kid was injured. He's been seen by many. He's got shaggy hair, maybe less than five feet, wearing shorts or knickers, a wool suit, and a cap from the 1920s. In the 1990s, a security guard for the thrash metal band Guar got down off a ladder and asked, quote, who's that little kid back there in the exit? When no one can find the boy, the guard quit. <laughs> he said, fuck that. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, man. Yeah. Dude, imagine making the security head for Guar quit because of a ghost. Yeah, for Guar. Of yeah, all right. Bands. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. All right. So there is much more to the interview and whatever, but we definitely you know, want you guys to go check it out. So make sure you guys are checking all this stuff out that we're talking about here. And we'll have it in the show notes for you. We've got one more venue for you guys, even though there are a bunch more out there. Some of the more well-known and covered places like Bobby Mackey's in Kentucky, the Avalon in Ho uh, Hollywood, Le Petit Théâtre du Vieux Carré in New Orleans. That was good. Which I don't know if I even pronounced any of that right. Hold on. Le Petit Théâtre du Vieux Carré. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, I like the first one better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Rapids Theater in Niagara Falls, New York, among others, we've left off, but we'll definitely be back to cover at a future point as the history and hauntings in these places. It's awesome. So that brings us to our hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, and to the world-famous Agora Theater. Now, this is a place where we've both spent many nights jamming out to some great shows. Uh, you've actually been to the Agora, correct? I've been there like five times, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. have you? Once. Yeah. You... We went there, uh, the, the... Oh, yeah, we saw Demon Hunter there, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen Periphery there twice, Parkway Drive. I think that's it, actually, just three. Where do we see the... Crushed by the head of God. What? Where do we see the mummies at? Uh, ooh. The ooh. Hob. Was it the Hob? 
Yes. Yeah, okay. House of Brews. House of Brews. Cleveland. House of Brews. So whether you like it or not, guess what? We're going to talk about some history of this place because uh, I want to. The first Agora in Cleveland, informally referred to as Agora Alpha, opened on February 26, 1966 at 2175 Cornell Road in Little Italy near the campus of Case Western Reserve University. In 1967, the Agora moved to a second building on East 24th Street near the campus of Cleveland State University, where Riley is a graduate. Alma mater. Yeah. Once settled Viking. in a new location. Huh? Viking. Yeah. <laughs> Viking. Yeah. It's the dumbest yeah, shit. You guys are the Vikings, right? The Vikings, yeah. Yeah. That is stupid. It's Sorry. Viking. Yeah. No, listen. All of us make fun of it. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. We hate it. Dude, does anyone actually do it intentionally? No. Okay, good. Not a single person has so ever done that. So it's complete mockery. Unironically. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. Isn't, good. Re isn't Reese going there? Yeah. I'm going to make him literally go around doing that the entire time now. As like that, like, that, that you have to do when you're a freshman. Ugh. Just, Vike, yeah, man. <laughs> Vike, yeah. Vike, yeah, dude. Vike, yeah, dude. Dude. Vike, yeah. <laughs> Just want to punch. Oh, you get your ass kicked so f Dude, you're in downtown Cleveland. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do hey, that. Hey, what's up, dude? Like, yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck you say to me. <laughs> so once settled in a new location, the new Agora Ballroom, informally referred to as Agora Beta, Ooh. played a role in giving exposure to many bands, both from the Cleveland area and abroad. Many artists such as Peter Frampton, Bruce Springsteen, Boston, Grand Funk Railroad, ZZ Top, Kiss, and many others received much exposure after playing the Agora. It's pretty wild. That is pretty cool. Yeah. The Agora Ballroom was also the setting of the concert by Paul Simon's character in the opening minutes of the 1980 movie One Trick Pony. The front facade of the Agora um, Ballroom was temporarily swapped for the one shown in the movie. It is also one of three locations used to record Todd Rundgren's live album Back to the Bars in 1978. The East 24th Street building also housed agency recording studios located above Yagora. The on-site recording studio and the close proximity to radio station WMMS, The Buzzard. Sorry, I had to do that right there. I've been waiting this entire time just to do that. <laughs> the Buzzard. I just, whatever. Allowed for high-quality live concert broadcasts from the Agora. Some of these concerts were later released commercially, including Bruce Springsteen's The Agora, uh, it's the Agora Cleveland, 1978. Huh. The Cars, live at the Agora, 1978, which, by the way, I love the Cars. Ian Hunter's You're Never Alone with a Schizophrenic. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Deluxe Edition. And Dwight <laughs> Dwight Twilly Bands, live from Agora. I have no idea who that is. No yeah. offense to Dwight Twilly. I have no idea who that is. The uh, popularity of the club led the Agora to expand during the 1970s and 1980s, opening 12 other clubs in the cities of uh, Columbus, Toledo, Youngstown, Painesville, Akron, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Tampa, Hollandale, Hartford, and New Haven. Didn't know any of that. None nope. of them have to be around. Yeah. However, the Cleveland location is the only one that's still yep. in existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In 1984, the Agora was damaged by a fire and closed. The building currently known as the Agora first opened on March 31st, 1913, with an English performance of Ada as the Metropolitan Theater. It was the brainchild of Max Fotkenhauer. Again, I think F-A-E-T-K-E-N-H-E-U-E-R. Yeah. It's like Heuer, isn't it? Heuer? Heuer? Fotkenhauer? Fuck, I'm but here. It, but isn't that guy's name Rudger Hauer? Isn't that how you like spell his last name? Hauer? H-E-A-U? Is that how it is? Or is it H-A-E? I think it's H-A-U. R. Whatever. Freaking Max Frankenfurter. How's that? <laughs> Frankenfurter. Yeah. On, uh, an opera promoter and conductor who had been involved in the construction of the monumental Hippodrome Theater on uh, Euclid Avenue five years earlier. The new opera house was well received and did well early on, but later struggled to stay profitable. 
Among various uh, uses, the Metropolitan was home to a Cleveland's Yiddish theater troupe in 1927. Huh. <laughs> That's amazing. The only thing I know in Yiddish is uh, the word Fonzanun. Fonzanun? Fonzanun. Wasn't the whole nine yards like the the, the Gogolak gang, weren't they Yiddish? Maybe. Oh. You know what Fonzanun is? No. It's a man who sits in the bathtub, farts, and tries to bite the bubbles. <laughs> what? It's a Fonzanun. <laughs> Remember that, listeners? Fonzanun. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. That's By the way, that's uh, another drink for everyone because that's uh, that's from Caddyshack too. I've only seen the first one. Oh my oh. god, you've not seen anything, have you? God. This brief episode in its history came to an end a few months later in 1928 after the troupe was involved in a bus accident on the way to a performance in Youngstown. The actors uh, were too injured to perform, and the venture went bankrupt. Wow. By 1932, the venue had turned into a vaudeville burlesque house called the Gaiety. Hosting hoofers, comics, and strippers. What the fuck's a hoofer? One that I don't know. It's, it's, it's one that dresses up like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got horses, we got comics, and we got your average day stripper. They just stand up there and they ask you like, "Hey, how old are you?" And he just lifts his leg like, right? And then what horses do? They count. Yeah, they count with their foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. The Metropolitan returned to its original use for a short time during the mid-1940s, staging comedic musicals. But by the end of the decade, stage productions had ceased, and the theater became a full-time movie house. From 1951 to 1978, the theater offices were home to radio stations WHK and... WMMS, the buzzard. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. The theater itself was known as the WHK Auditorium. In 1968 to 69, the theater was known as the Cleveland Grand, or Grande. It's G-R-A-N-D-E, Grand. Like Grande. 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 El Grande. El Grande. Like the Nachos Grande. Yes. Oh, I was just thinking about that. Nacho Bel Grande. Nacho oh, Bel Grande. Oh, yeah. so good right now. good. They used to be good. Listen, yeah. when I was a kid, they were huge. Yeah, now they're like the size of a freaking coffee mug. You yeah. can't even get anything there, to get There's nothing in there. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't eat Taco Bell, folks. No. In early In the early 1980s. It was all sponsorship <laughs> possibilities of Taco Bell. <laughs> no, listen, I love Taco Bell. It does not love me. I'll just put it that way. Yes. Like, it seriously comes out of me like a laser beam. Just Dude. Sid used to work at uh, Taco Bell but when we started dating. Huh? Oh, my God. She used to bring me free food all the freaking time. Dude. Main, main reason why I love it. Open it up, bro. Dude, do it. Let's do it, bro. Let's drink it, bro. Riley's about to open up the gift that I just got from Th the chainsaw. Is... <laughs> why is there a sticker on here from April 19th of this year? April. Is this four months old? <laughs> No, it's not, yes. It's not. It's not a regift. It's that's uh. That's this that's is four months old. <laughs> this beer was purchased four months ago. <laughs> Maybe he was just preemptive. He knew he was going to give me a gift, and he's just yeah. had it ever since. Yeah, got on his travels. Seems to me he went. Oh shit! All right, let's yeah. grab whatever he could find from <laughs> his garage. <laughs> <laughs> let's open it up and see how if it's skunked or if it's good. Um, they're cold, <laughs> so that counts. It's four oh, months. months. <laughs> if I'm doing this, we're all doing this. Uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, shit. come on. We are drinking the gift that uh, Chainsaw brought me right now. It's Platform, love yeah, Platform. Canned on April 19th, 2021. All right, so, I mean. Hey, that still means that they... It's an age. It's a nice age. It's a good age beer. <laughs> All right, here you go. All right, let's uh, let's try this real quick, and we'll get on right. to the Agora. All right, ready? Yeah. Salute, 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 salute. salute. You're ready over there. Love Prost. You, All right, here you go. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's beer. Yeah, <laughs> that, that beer. it's beer. It's, no, it's good. No, it's, it's not very bad good. at all. That's funny though. And it's only 130 calories. Brought to you by Platform Beer Company, located right here in Cleveland, Ohio. 
If you like beer, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> if you like beer and selling out, See, Platform is the company for you. That would have been. There goes another opportunity Way right to there. Go, Riley. Yeah, there you, you go. That one up. I'm not affiliated with Platform Beer Company or the Midnight Train Podcast. I was brought on <laughs> just for today. That's true. The actions and responses from Riley do not necessarily <laughs> reflect the views of the Midnight Train. Po- Disclaimer. Right, 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 right. No, but it's 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 good shit. So thank you for that. And Platform, listen, man, we'll take a sponsorship. See, we'll right there would have been We'll the sell out if you sell out. Yes, that's, know, right. You know? that's right. We're not above that. We Shut up, Riley. <laughs> Chase that cheddar, homie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, following the fire, which damaged the Agora Ballroom on, on East 24th Street, club owner Henry LeConte Sr., actually have met that gentleman before, really? decided to move the 5,000, yeah, he just passed away a few years ago, oh. the 5,000 Euclid Avenue location following extensive renovations. The new Agora Metropolitan Theater, the third Cleveland venue to bear the Agora name, opened in October 1986, hmm. where it is now. Yep. The Agora has two rooms, a 500-person capacity standing room only ballroom with adjoining bar and an 18,000, or 18,000, 1,800-seat theater, and it's pretty badass. As far as some spooky shit, goes here we were able to get some information straight from the source we spoke with mike who works at the agora and we got some cool info from him and uh this is actually pretty awesome in an email uh that uh, it was related to the following it's wait hold on i just what? Have, hold on i just gotta read what moody wrote in an email mine related the following information <laughs> mine. Mine. i'm gonna right. say that's mike yeah. Mike related the following information. Quote, prior to our merger with AEG Presents, I used to lead our ghost tours with a group called Black Sheep Paranormal. While I didn't know what to expect and I wasn't exactly familiar with paranormal investigations, that quickly changed working with the group. One of the members of the Black Sheep Paranormal group was a retired police officer. Pretty easy, pretty easy to say he's seen some shit and could be characterized as fearless. Another member told him to check out the men's room where we have uh, a utility closet between our sinks and stalls. From past experiences, we usually get some decent activity from that closet. However, nothing occurred this time. After giving up uh, on this spot, the team member decided to use the bathroom. Seconds later, he hears clap, clap, clap from behind his neck. And he exited the bathroom about as white as a ghost. Someone was applauding his nice cock. Hey, hey, bro. (laughs) Nice cock. Nice cock. Hey, hey, baby. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Listen, yeah. If I got a ghost applause from for what I'm packing, I'm not walking out hey. white as a ghost. I'm walking out like pimp walking. Oh, yeah. hey. Hey. Like, shit, even that ghost knows my dick's nice. <laughs> walking out like McGregor, just yeah. a little, little flippy floppy. <laughs> <laughs> so this next story here is pretty uh, crazy. Here he talks about the cleaning lady. Quote, one of the known spirits of the Agora, who we call the cleaning lady, as you could have guessed, was responsible for cleaning the venue many decades ago. While I'm not exactly sure what happened to her, she was said to have fallen off our balcony and died. Mm. One night during an investigation, we were sitting in in silence at the top of our balcony on the left-hand side. As we sat there, we started to hear sweeping sounds. As the broom sweep started to uh, to happen for a few seconds, all of a sudden, the sound traveled from the left side of the venue all the way to the right side of the venue. We couldn't really explain it, but that's exactly what happened. It's kind of crazy. So there's no way they were just sitting at the top of a balcony. They were definitely, they were either drinking they're smoking. So there's no way they were like But no, they're they're it's uh this is for the ghost tour stuff though, right? Yeah. So they Oh 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 yeah, maybe so they were just sitting there like silent. Trying to get some like you're noises. In a scary, or... dark, giant building looking for ghosts. There's no way you can't tell me that. Some people's brains might be pushing though them to imagine things that aren't actually. Well, I mean, it's possible. If you're looking for a ghost, maybe that ghost found them. So therefore, ghosts are real. Yeah. 
Ja. 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 Ja, ich dachte. Ja. 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 Fuck this Where am I? So this next one here would probably freak a lot of people out, but it's definitely cool. Quote, another occurrence was when we were up in one of the sweet boxes up in the balcony. The venue was blacked out, and from where we were sitting, you could still see the bar area in our lower level. The bar had a mini fridge up against the wall that had lighting in it. We draped it off with a black tablecloth, and there was still exposed light coming from the fridge. As we're sitting there, we see a shadow fading in and fading out of the light, almost as if a person was pacing back and forth. We were able to see this because of the light from the fridge. As this shadow figure uh, is pacing back and forth for a good 30, 60 seconds, one of our team members calls out, quote, If anyone is over by the bar, please make a sound. And I shit you not, with no hesitation, a stack of plastic cups fell, falls off the bar and onto the ground. That was definitely one of my favorite experiences. End that's, quote. That's trippy as fuck. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, that's super crazy. Dude, I wish something like that would have happened when we were down at the Phoenix, dude. I still got to get all that put together. Yeah, we did. I got it all. In, um, for those of you that don't know, we went down to Phoenix Brewing. Uh, Way to spoil it, Logan. Mansfield. Well, no, they, they all they know. know. We've talked yeah. about it. Oh, they all know that nothing If you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> got him. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're going to put all that together because I want to see if there's any like uh, EMF stuff that comes through. Hell yeah. Or EVP of, or whatever so the hell it's called. a lot of audio recordings that night, too. So. Yeah. 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 Those uh, are probably gone the way of the buffalo, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully we get some action like that on our ghost hunt that we have coming up as well. Cannot freaking wait. Where are you guys yes. going? We're going to... The penitentiary? We are going to a place very far away from here, in a place in Fairfield, Ohio. Yeah. It is an insane asylum. It, it's um, an insane asylum? <laughs> it's yeah, a sanitarium. Let me be... You guys don't listen to Metallica, do you? Yeah. No, I no I'm, not, I'm not weird. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? How is Metallica? I don't Metallica. like Metallica. It's okay, old Metallica. All right, that's fine. I okay, guess that's, okay. Yeah, Metallica's old. Meh. That's old yeah. Metallica. Anyway, yeah. fuck yeah. you. It's like yeah. it's like worse Ramstein. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Metallica is. You, you asked me. <laughs> Mike goes on to say that he actually got to see an apparition as well. Oh, quote: Over the years, we've heard and seen many things. We've had items that turn up missing, seen plenty of white anomalies and other occurrences. Apparitions are rare, but sounds are usually constant. We've heard bangs on our doors. We've heard voices. We've even heard music, ben, big band music to be specific. The apparition I've seen was an unreal experience. We were sitting in the balcony and we just saw this shadow figure in one of the seats across or behind, uh, across and behind us. The figure was perfectly human shaped, but you could see through it. It definitely seemed like it was staring at us the whole time. Sadly, my storytelling doesn't do this moment very much justice. That's fucking crazy. It's still yeah. crazy shit, yeah. Uh, spooky Mike. <laughs> he said that a lot of the investigation stuff was mainly communication-based with the spirits. He said they would ask questions, and they frequently got answers. We asked about how the spirits would answer, and he told us, quote, Most of the time in our investigations, we use dowsing rods for the questions and ask them to cross the rods in a yes or no type of questioning. They were always responsive in this form. As long as we got it started, we usually were able to keep the questions going. Obviously, noises would happen all the time. I remember one evening just working, no event going on, but we used to have these garage-type doors for our balcony entry, and for whatever reason, the spirits would not stop banging on them. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And those, those were just the crackheads outside. Like, Come in. <laughs> like something out of a movie, non-stop banging. That sounds horrible. That was the or same. Or non-stop banging sounds awesome. Depends if it had good rhythm. Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking 
<laughs> um, he goes on to say that was the same day where my coworker went to use the bathroom, and as she was coming back to the office, all she heard was, "Yeah, <laughs> nice cock, nice cock." <laughs> you know, it's a female, it's but whatever. A sick, yeah. It's even worse then. Yeah, it's weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was coming back to the office. She heard, "Quote, there she goes," in a whisper type voice. Dude, that's so. <laughs> Oh, here he comes. Watch out, boy. Or it's... There she goes. What the fuck? <laughs> there she goes again. Sorry. Someone's Bluetooth speaker was just on. <laughs> so that is absolutely some crazy cool stuff from right here in Cleveland. And I would like to give a big shout out to my buddy Chris, who used to own the Peabody's that I actually worked at for a very long time. That is now one of the owners of Yagora. Huh. It's a great place, man. If you guys get a chance, if you're in the Cleveland area, stop there, go see some shows. I know for a fact that um, Seven Dust is coming. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure it's at the Agora. The Gorora? The Gorora. The Gorora. The Gorora. The Gorora. Oh, Gojira. <laughs> Gojira no, is awesome, about too. From Norbit. The Gorira. <laughs> the Gorira. Norbit. Yeah, Norbit yeah. with Eddie the, Murphy. Oh, my God. Remember what a that bad movie. Yeah. Such a bad movie. Yeah. So, we even pooped together. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to thank Mike for his time and these incredible stories of the strange stuff that occurs at the Agora. Hometown spooky shit is always amazing. Yes. All right. So that those that has been your little ride on that stuff, man. And it's pretty crazy. So now, you know, you know, you know what time I think it is? You know, you know, it's 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 everyone's favorite part of the show. It's the movies. All right, so we are actually talking about the 10 best horror movie musicals of all time ranked on Imdba. Imdba? Yes. Okay, I already know what number one is. It's Gone with the Wind. <laughs> so this uh, number 10 on this list is The Happiness of the Katakuris. Oh. Next. Okay, we got we to gotta know what you guys think of these or if you've ever seen Don't these. I know what that is. So it's a Japanese comedy horror musical chronicling uh, Mosao Katakuri, played by Kenji Sadawa, Sawada. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. We already did the, the Japanese episode, and I thought I was doing pretty good then. Yeah. I'm fucking it up now. Yeah, I apologize. And his family as they try to rebuild their failed lives by renovating a house near the base of Mount Fuji into a bed and breakfast. Their customers are few and far between, with each customer ultimately dying in some manner while under the Katakuri's care. To prevent the loss of what little businesses of business they have, they hide the bodies. Oh, Jesus. Wow. A U.S. naval officer named Richard Sagawa, played by Kiyoshira Imawano, huh, investigates the disappearances, but the film ends on a cliffhanger just after Sagawa finds a lead. <sighs> Never heard of it. Next. Yep. This one is amazing, and if you haven't seen this one, uh, I'm going to assume neither one of you has seen this. Is it Babes in Toyland? No. Damn. No. This is Cannibal the Musical. I've never seen. It is amazing. It's the guys from uh, South Park. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cannibal the Musical was originally called Alfred Packer the Musical. It starts out as Alfred Packer's trial for cannibalism, and he sets the record straight by telling his side of the story to a reporter. The musical then, through a flashback, chronicles Packer and his journey from Utah to Colorado, in which his traveling companions die and are eaten. This mu uh, this musical stars Trey Parker as Packer. Toddy Walters as Polly Pry and Matt Stone as James Humphrey. Hmm. Um, of course, Matt Stone, Trey Parker. Those are the guys from um, South Park. Yeah. yeah. Parker directed and co-wrote the musical with Stone, both of whom, again, moved on to create South Park and the Book of the Mormon, a Book of Mormon musical. <laughs> All right. Number eight. Guarantee you've seen this one. Sweeney Todd. Yes. All right. The 
Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Such a good movie. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. It's just Johnny Depp, though. Yeah. It just make me happy. Wait, it's Johnny Depp playing Johnny Depp in a movie. It, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's all Johnny Depp does is play himself. Yeah. yeah it's this 2007 up. film adaptation was directed by Tim Burton and stars Johnny Depp as the titular character. Titular? Titular. 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 Tit. Tit. Titular. Lar. Titular. Titular. <laughs> the character in Helena Bottom Carter at Carter Carter as Mrs. Lovett. This musical chronicles Sweeney Todd, formerly known as Benjamin Barker, his return to Fleet Street and his quest for revenge against Judge Turpin for framing and banishing him and taking his wife and daughter away. This film is not the first time Depp or Carter have been in a Tim Burton musical, and we've discussed that in our past episode about Tim Burton. Yes. So go back and listen to that. But it is the first time that their vocals were heavily featured in the soundtrack. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's basically about a dude that is a barber that just kills people just and throws them heads. in the basement. A little off the top there, yeah. big boy. Yeah. Number seven is uh, the Phantom of the Opera is here. See, I could do that. That was pretty good. Thank you. I could do that. I could do that. So it's the Phantom of the Opera, and I absolutely hated this movie. Never My wife it. loves it, and um, like a bunch. I know a lot of people like it and stuff. I just could not get over. Um, what the hell's his name? Gerard Butler as the Phantom. Uh, just could not get over. It was like so, like he's trying to do like an English, like old school British accent, and he's talking and he's very, uh, and he's really? he's Scottish, isn't he? He's Scottish. Yeah. He's Scottish. Scottish or, or one of those. He's yeah. one of those things. So uh. this film is an adaptation of the stage musical, which is an adaptation of the novel by Gaston Leroux. The film stars Gerard Butler in a horribly played fan- phantom. Um, Emmy Rossum as Christine and Patrick Wilson as Raoul. The musical is about an opera theater at the height of its popularity, but with what is rumored to be a ghost or a phantom living in the catacombs and terrorizing the actors. Oh, no. More specifically, the musical chronicles Christine befriending the phantom who falls in love with her. She does not reciprocate, however, as she has feelings for her childhood friend, Raul. Okay, that's what, yeah, there, you don't even have to watch it. That, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's how you know. It's whatever. Number six, amazing movie. Love this. Corpse Bride. Oh, yes. That's a, that's a really good one. Corpse Bride is the one. shit. Animated Tim Burton is just Yeah, good. it's just, just amazing. Good. Yes. Corpse Bride is another Tim Burton musical featuring Johnny Depp and Helena Barnum. Barnum? Yeah, I'm fucking her name up all over. Mm-hmm. Helena Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. Little HPC. That's right. However, their vocals are not as prominently featured as they are in Sweeney Todd. The film is about Victor Van Dort, who is engaged to Victoria Everglot. Both families arrange the marriage, hoping to gain social and financial status, unaware that the other family also has nothing. Victor, when practicing his vows, unknowingly says the vows to a corpse named Emily, and afterward has to work to reunite himself with Victoria with the intention of leaving Emily, but meanwhile uncovering a conspiracy involving Emily's death. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the, the scene where like they do like the jazz. Oh, it's so with good the, with the skeleton. Yeah, it's so good. It's so it's good. It's like one of the best movie songs like ever written. Yeah, that should definitely be up higher on this list in my opinion. But yeah. I I love that damn movie. Yeah. Number five, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, from 1974. Yeah, you haven't seen that. Really, what's it about? It's uh, about a phantom in paradise. <laughs> it's about a phantom having two tickets to paradise. Yeah. Two tickets to paradise. Won't you? Pack your bags and leave tonight. Sorry. It's good. It's good. This musical film is a loose adaptation of the novels The Phantom of the Opera and The Picture of Dorian Gray and the play Faust. Faust? It takes place in 1974 and tells the story of composer Winslow Leach, who sells his music to the producer Swan, who then exploits Leach's abilities for his own gain at the Paradise, a new concert hall. Nice. Winslow becomes disfigured and befriends the singer Phoenix, with whom 
he falls in love. Oh, no. Much like the two novels and some versions of the play off of which this film is based, the musical ends in tragedy for the main character. Well, that's good. I mean, spoiler bad. alert, motherfuckers. Um, oh, here you go. Okay. Number four. Yeah. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. You ever seen it? I've, yeah, I've seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah. You've literally, you've, you've for sure seen I it. I have for sure it's seen it. I love the time warp, and I loved the. Let's Drew, do I love the, the Drew Carey adaptation of the time warp, though. Oh yeah, I fucking love that. I loved Meatloaf in it. Yeah. I, I loved his character yeah. in it. I, dude, I okay. So this film is based on the stage production of the Rocky Horror Show, which was originally produ- produced in 1973. Richard O'Brien and Jim Sharman were involved in the production of both the play and the film, mm-hmm. which follows the newly engaged Brad Barry Balstwick in the film and Janet Susan Sarandon, a very young Susan Sarandon in Janet. the film, as they became trapped in a mysterious castle housing a mad scientist, Dr. Frank Inferter. Remember how I said Frank yeah, Inferter earlier? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know this was coming up. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> Who is played by the one and only the great Tim fucking Curry. God, that dude is amazing. And his comrades. Who else is, uh, did Tim, Tim Curry play? Uh, didn't he do, uh, what was it? Um, uh, not, was it Clue? He was in Clue. Yeah. He, he was, was also, Penny, he was Pennywise in it. And he was also in Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. But wait, he played Pennywise? He was the original Pennywise. Yeah, he no was shit. in the original. Yeah. yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. yeah it was the, the straight to TV adaptation yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was him. No and shit. If you ever want to see something really crazy, like out, out of all that, look up um, Tim Curry in the movie. Is it Legend? Yeah, Legend. He's the, the devil in Legend. Dude, he looks amazing. I like know what you're talking about. His, yeah. this, uh, the, uh, the, the special effects garb they put on him yeah. is fucking awesome. So if you get a chance, just, just Google that real quick. I got you. So this musical is an original take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein adding cross-dressing cross, 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 cross <laughs> cross overtly queer characters and a catchy soundtrack to the mix. And it's, it's awesome. It is. It's so fun. Um, number three, The Legend of Beaver Dam. Never <laughs> heard of it. Did you, did you see the picture? Yeah, it's pretty badass. It looks badass, doesn't it? I didn't realize Tom Cruise was in that, but yeah. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. It's like young Tom Cruise. Too. Oh, yeah. Young before he was crazy Tom Cruise. Yes. Crazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was post-risky business, but before Top Gun, I want to say. Or yeah. it might have been right after Top Gun. 83. 83. And what, Top Gun came out in 84? No, I don't know. It was 86. We're in the movies. What, Top Gun? No, Legend. Oh, Legend. So it's definitely after Top Gun, then. Yeah. So The Legend of Beaver Dam is a short film written and directed by Jerome Sable. Mm-hmm. It is a rock horror musical about a group of kids telling ghost stories around a campfire, and one of the stories awakens a monster named Stumpy Sam, <laughs> played by Rick Miller. The students, including the main character, Danny Zigwitz, played by uh, L.J. Bennett, have fire. Uh, what? I'm going to say it's supposed to be have to fight the monster to survive. In this, it says have fight the monster to survive. <laughs> Did Moody write this article? Like- it sounds like it. The film gets gory following traditional tropes of slasher films, which uh, while also incorporating tropes from campfire stories, such as say, as a saying a wait, as saying a monster's name three times in order for it to appear. That sounds kind of fun. That sounds all right. It sounds like a like a what is it called? Uh, like a goosebumps episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. This number, is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, number two. Any idea what it might be? My favorite movie ever. Um, Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> 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 Woo! All right, well, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> it is the one and only The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice, yes. nice, nice, nice. It's amazing. The third Tim Burton musical to make the motherfucking list. The Nightmare Before Christmas is more lighthearted than others on this list, but still has creepy overtones and monsters, making it worthy of inclusion on this list. 
Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King, in Halloween Town, and a, and a literal skeleton becomes bored and seeks something new for his own excitement. It, to be honest, I shouldn't even have to go through what no. the fuck this movie Just is. Tell what the movie's about. Yeah, it, it, I can do it. Yeah, but uh, no, these people have already. Everyone's seen the movie. You've seen the fucking you've seen movie. The movie. Yeah, that's it. And if you haven't, watch it. Fuck you. <laughs> just, just watch it. Just watch it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a good number one on our list. Any idea? I told you, it's gone with the wind. It's not. It's not. It's not. Ah, oh, damn. He's not going with win. No. Nope. Babes in Toyland. Nope. I don't know what is it. It is Buffy the Vampire Slayer once more with feeling from 2001. That was it, a musical? Th this list is bullshit. It's weird. That's a dumb list. It's what? weird. That's that a, movie shouldn't even be on this list. That's yeah. the musical? So it's an episode from the actual show. So it says Buffy the Vampire uh, Slayer is not a musical show, with the exception of this episode in the sixth season, which, by the way, I was a huge fan of this show. Yes, yeah, same here. I loved this episode. I thought it was hilarious. But this they, is supposed to be the top 10 horror movie musicals. Yeah. yeah. I call bullshit on yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Should be number four Christmas. All right. So anyway, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, whatever. It's Watch a it. woman was, named Buffy that slays vampires. Yes. God, there it is. That's so, she, so that's your... Does she lay with them? That's it. She may. She slays them. She may lay oh, she when she slays. Slay. She slays them. God, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed that show. I yeah. thought that was a great the show. Reboot when it was, was kind of garbo. Oh, there was a reboot. There's a reboot TV show. No, for the Vampire Slayer. No, it's not that good, Mike. No, no, no. Wait, no. wasn't Buffy the same chick that played in Scooby Doo One and Two? That was mm -hmm. Daphne. No. Yeah, I call bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That, that oh, was it is. Her. Is it? What's her name? Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Because like all the fighting and shit that she learned in that that TV show that she used in Scooby Doo, and when she fought the wrestler, no. What? 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 Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> what? What? Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> what? What? So anyway, that those are your movies. We hope you enjoyed your ride with us this week on the haunted. Oh, you don't have to hit that again. <laughs> I'm not gonna hit it. No, the way you point at it. Because this is the. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh yeah, good job. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed your uh your ride with us on these haunted uh venues and stuff it was super cool especially considering that like we've actually been there i've been to those places so i have like some you know some sust to, substance 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 yes that you got some yes. skin in the game join us next week when we're going to be talking about you guys want to know uh, of course nice uh the somerset man Oh, you, uh, you guys familiar with that story at all? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Hit them all. <laughs> so the Somerset man, it's uh, the, also known as the Tamam Shud case. Oh, that's the dude who, oh yeah, I'm not gonna say anything, but I know exactly what this is. No, I mean, it's it's basically, they found a guy. He yeah. washed up on the beach he of Australia. He washed up on the beach of Australia. He had like a suit where the tags and everything were torn off of it. He had a key in his pocket where like for clothes and stuff where all of his tags were torn off. And he had a ripped page of a book and it goes deep. Oh, yeah, really? it's cool. And there is a weird little tie-in with it that may actually be connected to Thomas Jefferson. No. Yeah. No. So we're actually going to go back and we're going to talk about that next week right here, right now. Same spot. You know. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Got a little, little overzealous. Yeah, it was going to be awesome. Going to be awesome. So yeah, make sure you guys are stopping back and watching or listening to that one, and hopefully watching us on YouTube if Riley doesn't spill any more beer. Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> also, make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet, super sweet, thank you, merchandise at our store. Uh, I'm talking like fecal fighter shit eating robot T-shirts, the the don't be a DeSalvo shirt, the Speed Impossible shirt, my favorite, the Hey Baby shirts. That's that's favorite. There's so 
so much cool shit on there. We got uh, iPhone cases, Samsung phone cases, uh, I'm laptop cases. Come in because I've ordered like fucking so much. Yeah, shit. it's on. It's on its way. Even I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So make sure you guys are over there too. Now listen, Riley, did you know that Doctor Squatch? is changing the way men approach uh, approach hygiene by providing all natural, high quality, healthy products. I did not. Well, they have bar soaps, hair care, colognes, beard oils, and so much more that make you feel like a man and smell like a damn champion. What's a champion smell like? Like me, because I use Dr. Squatch. Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why yeah. I smelt victory in this room tonight. <laughs> all soaps and products are made right here in the United States using the finest all-natural ingredients, not cheaply made or harmfully mass-produced. You can get 20% off your first subscription. Just head over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com forward slash sponsors. Click on the banner. You'll see it there, the Dr. Squatch banner. And use promo code D-S-C-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H-20. That's Dr. or D-S-C Squatch. 20, right? To get the best damn soap. I'm telling you, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Want to say that cut one more time, slowly? What's for that? the people in the back? The code? Yes. D? As in dog. S? As in S? C? As in cat? D C. <laughs> D-S-C-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H-20. That's D-S-C Squatch 20. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And DSE's discount code, I think. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's just what they sent us. And listeners keep asking how they can help keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear from us, please consider being a producer of the show. Become a... Join the pooper. Join the pooper. Just head over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and click on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast for as little as five bucks a month. You can get all kinds of cool stuff like custom shirts, custom posters, custom stickers, bonus episodes. I mean, we've got so much bonus stuff coming up, man. We've got a slew, a plethora, if you will. That yes. More than some, you know, yeah. one. Yeah. Yes. It's a lot. It's several, but not a lot. Yes. <laughs> no, there's a lot over As there. As discussed earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, listen, it, it it's just fun, and you guys will get all kinds of cool content, live streaming stuff for when we go to our, our uh, ghost tours and yes. cool stuff. So, you can um, easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform, and most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. It only takes a couple of minutes, and word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Midnight Train OH on Instagram at the Midnight Train Podcast, on TikTok at the Midnight Train P. That's funny. And on YouTube at the Midnight Train Podcast. So that's how we do it. We can't thank you guys enough for all your love and support. Riley, thank you for being here, of course. Logan, of course. You know. You know. Thank you. Yes, yes. Moody. Fuck you, Moody. Yes. You guys really do keep the train moving, so thank you all so much. Now, listen, I want to say thank you to some really special people. Give it to me, Riley. <laughs> To our fearless Patreon poopers, <laughs> Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Gina Madison, sorry, I fucked your name up there, Gina, Janet Shirell, uh, Laura Randall, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Funbox Podcast. Please check out the Funbox Podcast. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartlemay from the Sister Skeleton Podcast. Those ladies are amazing. Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? There it is. Jigsaw, Craig Spurlock, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and Bill Birch. If you want your name to be mentioned on the show at the end and you want to support us because you're like, fuck, you guys are awesome and you get all kinds of bonuses, please become a Patreon pooper. Yeah, just become a pooper, man. That's it. That's all I got to do. Just 
be one with the pooper. <laughs> you just made it weird. Damn. Keep doing it. All right. Yeah. Stay safe out there, passengers. And as always, choo-choo, motherfuckers. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.